This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by our friends at Blue Apron. In case you haven't heard, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients taste better and are better for you. So it's important to know where your food comes from. Usually, you know Greg reads these, and it's true. He's used Blue Apron, and he really likes it. And you know you can trust Greg Miller, can't you? So here's the deal. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Blue Apron features lots of variety, and new recipes are created weekly and are not repeated within a year. You can choose your meals from a variety of recipes or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Better yet, you can customize your recipe each week based on your preferences. Choose delivery options to fit your needs. There's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. If you don't like to cook or aren't good at it like Greg is, there's even more good news because each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash I love you. Salutations, welcome to PS I Love You XOXO episode 43. My name is Colin Moriarty. This is Brian Altano. Hey, Colin. Brian, thank you for joining us today. Thanks and for having us, me. I mean, in me your, and my computer. Yeah, have, thanks for having me in your studio. Your, your, your little, I like how you move things around in here to just adapt to each show. It's great. The, our little dungeon. Yeah, I haven't it's been in, nice. in a minute, so it's good to be back. Yeah, thank you for having us. You had us. All right, so let's back up a little yeah. bit. First things first, Greg's gone. This is the 40, 43rd episode of PS I Love You. It's the first one we've never not done together. So you are the first guest that is taking Greg's place or that would have been taking my place on the entire run. Is that true? Yeah. Holy shit. So, I'm so sorry, Greg. Oh God. Ha ha. It's going to be good. You had us on a uh, podcast beyond last week. So I thought it would be good to, Episode it, it was quite serendipitous actually that Greg's going to be, on. it's always serendipitous when Greg's gone, Yeah, but it's, it was quite serendipitous that Greg was gone because I thought I'd ask you to come on the show and, and be with us today. Yeah. Thank so you thanks for, for having coming. me. It's, it's cool to be able to do that back and forth. We, uh, we, we got to do that more often. So for people that are unaware, or unfamiliar, I, I think the Venn diagram is pretty much a circle as we say sure. with, be, between be, your show beyond and my show. Or our show here, PS I Love You XOXO. But Podcast Beyond hosted at IGN. You have been working at IGN for a long time. We used to work yep. at IGN together. Uh, Greg and I used to do Podcast Beyond. You do that now with Marty and Goldfarb and, and a few others now. So uh, we just did the 450th episode of that show, yeah. which is scary um, that you guys have done. We, you know, we've done this many episodes. You were on a couple hundred yourself. Yeah. And yeah. then I was, I guested back on the olden days with you and Greg a bunch of times. Uh, and now we've done, I don't know what we've done, like 55 now without you guys. Yeah, that's which awesome. Is, it was very weird because not to get too in the weeds, but like we got on to episode 450. Hi, Portilla. Oh, I miss this little man. I know you don't. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we got on a episode 400, I think it was. And it was like time to celebrate 400. We've been here for five minutes, you know? So, uh, we had just kind of inherited that show. So it felt weird to like throw a big celebration right. anniversary thing for something we hadn't like truly earned. It's kind of like, and you'll appreciate this metaphor, but when uh, Chris Terreri holds up a Stanley Cup, yeah. <laughs> but, he, like, but he, he only played two games, yeah. dude. <laughs> he, he came in once when Brodor let up like a few yep. soft goals. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so that was a fun episode to do. 450 was a good episode. Yeah. I, I'm glad that Beyond is kind of morphing into its, in, into your show now, your guys' show. There's, I think PSI Love You XOXO coming online gave people kind of 
what the old show that they wanted and then yep. there's a new show that they wanted and you can have the best of both worlds and I think a lot of you have yep. realized that now so thank you for joining us uh, Greg gone he's in LA doing something I don't really have any idea what he's doing but he'll but he'll uh, be back he's doing something no doubt essential he's at a meet and greet with the he's, entire city of Los Angeles he was having did you see he was having a meet and greet uh, in the Austin airport after RTX at like 6 a.m. Really? Yeah, like people were like, there was videos of him like hanging. At some point, I'm like, I, I, can't you just have a 6 a.m.? Yeah, can't, <laughs> can't you just get on a plane? Yep. Um, so there's a few house. So I, Greg gave me the run of show. This is the scary thing about this, by the way, for everyone out there, is I have to edit this show. And I'm, I'm functionally slow when it comes <laughs> to computers and like all that kind of stuff. So, um, so we'll see. What happens? Maybe you'll never even see this. There might be just like a time jump in the middle of it or our voices get swapped. Um, But he did give me his run of show that he usually reads off and usually prints it because he's a little more old school. I I like to just use the Internet or the uh, the Google Docs here. So there's four pieces of housekeeping that I want to get through first before we begin. Uh, number one, Greg put this one in and it is essential news. Uh, we are going to let's play live in Chicago with our rooster teeth brethren. Um, so, you know, fun house and achievement hunter and all those guys. Um, we just did it in LA right after E3. So this is let's play live Chicago ticket presale is live. Um, you can go to roosterteethlive.com and use the code funny. Makes sense. I guess if you want to come see us, I won't be there. Sorry. Other people will be there. Other people that represent us will be there. I won't be there. I won't be a PAX West either. People have been asking about that. Uh, second thing I wanted to throw out, and you probably saw this this weekend, Summer Games Done Quick. Yes. Uh, raised nearly $1.3 million for Doctors Without Borders, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic. So I wanted to congratulate uh, the Games Done Quick crew. That's a really fucking cool initiative that they got going on. They keep breaking their own records and raising more money for uh, Doctors Without Borders and other good causes. So I wanted to congratulate them. Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll double that. Uh, these... These guys are doing amazing stuff and it's it's been really cool for me, especially as like an old school Nintendo guy like you are as well, to kind of pull up a game that I've been a really big fan of for a long time and watch somebody just completely obliterate it. Like I was watching Link's, Link's Awakening, which is one of my favorite Zelda Yeah, games. you love that game. Yeah, and it was just like watching people do shit in that game that I didn't think were possible. It was, it's so cool to see. Uh, so awesome. They're raising good money for a good cause. So yeah, support those dudes. Yeah. So I wanted to just throw that out there and you can watch a lot of the stuff. I think that's all available on VOD. If you like, especially with older games, like we were saying, watching these guys just break them and exploit them um, yep. in ways that a lot of games today can be broken and exploited, although they can be still. Uh, it's pretty cool. There was apparently a really good one for Final Fantasy VI that I want to check out. Um, third thing, we talked about this before the show began. want to give a shout out real quick to Adam Boys, who is yeah. the VP of third party relations at Sony, a friend of the show and a friend of a personal friend of ours. After four years, he has decided to leave PlayStation. And so we want to wish him the very best. He does listen to the show and we do appreciate him very much as well. And then we got a fourth thing. And I think Greg might be mad at me for this because it's going to start a precedent. <laughs> but I wanted to do it anyway. Um, we got this message over at the forums. Okay. And I wanted to read it. It says, hi, Colin and Greg. I know you guys don't really do this anymore, but I know that it would just make my husband, Wesley, the happiest guy ever and also make me the coolest wife ever. His birthday is July 15th and he is turning 25. And I know that he would probably pee his pants at work if he heard you guys give him a shout out on his birthday. You guys get him through late night study session. He's studying to be a mechanical engineer and his long days at work. I know if you gave him the shout out, it would definitely make it up for the time I crashed his truck into the motorcycle and, and out of the back of our garage. <laughs> I'm glad to know that when I hear him in his study room at 1 a.m. giggling, it's because of you guys and not because he is insane. Yep. P.S. My husband loves you and I want to be a cool wife. Hazelnut Haley. Hopefully soon to be a cool wife. So happy 25th birthday, Wesley. Yes. Happy birthday, Wesley. Uh, I I don't want to start a precedent, but I do think that the whole idea of this guy pissing his pants at work makes this shout out extra dedicated because I really want to see that happen. 
Um, I'm not about sabotaging your do- job, but I think it's fucking hilarious if you pee your pants at work because of a podcast and you just <laughs> walk away with pissy pants all day. So happy birthday, man. Pee pee pants. <laughs> Hope you're wearing like a dark <laughs> beige pant that hides the pee. Like a, like a, a black corduroy. That's <laughs> oh, just going to hold it all in. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you can ring them out when you get home, though. Uh, all right. Uh, time to begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. And then Greg at this point says time for time some news. for some news. Did you guys change that at all? For no, see that's something you were all worried about. The legal, this is no legal thing. No one's. I don't. Think, we don't really pay that close attention. <laughs> uh, there are only six items on the list, and this is at the point that Greg says a baker's dozen. Yep. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ape everything Greg does because that's it's weird. Like hey, that's here. That, that was the whole point of put us on your Greg over. mask, Brian. <laughs> There are only six items on the list, so we're going to get through the news quickly, and then we're going to have some good... Uh, we'll get through the other segments. I'm going to skip a few segments, too, but we have a lot of good reader questions. That would be interesting. So let's get through the news. Number one, Sony has revealed the best-selling games digitally via the PlayStation Network across PS4, PS3, and Vita for the month of June 2016. Did you see this list, by the way? No, not yet. Really disappointing list for PS4. The top 10 best-selling games digitally on PS4 were in order. Battlefield 4, Overwatch, Battlefield Hardline, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Minecraft, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Seven Ways to Die, which is the only new game on here, Rocket League, Grand Theft Auto V, and Need for Speed. So, so this, sales. Is, is this is this like since since the lifetime of the PS4? No, this is this is just for June 2016. Ah. Just for June 2016. So clearly sales were resonating along right. with a dearth of probably new games that people wanted to play. The top 10 best-selling games digital on PS3 were in order. Dark Souls 2, Grand Theft Auto V, The Last of Us, FIFA 16, Battlefield 4, Little Big Planet 3. Minecraft, Battlefield, Hardline, Devil May Cry, HD Collection, and Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. Wow. So I gotta say, there's a there's a good running theme there in that almost all of those games are pretty fucking great. True. Like, a lot of EA games do. Lot, not a lot of people buying trash, so that's nope. good. Don't and buy then, trash. And then on Vita, uh, top 10 best-selling digital games in order, God Eater Resurrection, Odin Sphere, XCOM Enemy Unknown, plus Adventures of Mana, Tales of Hearts R, Civilization Revolution 2 Plus, Steins Gate, Soul Sacrifice, Delta, Zero Escape, Zero Time Dilemma, and Child of Light. So that's a really great lineup of games. And also a uh, um, well, some new games in there as well. Yeah. Also decidedly less AAA than the PS4 yeah, list. Absolutely, because there's no such thing on Vita. Right. <laughs> uh, and the top 10 best-selling PS Classics were in order. Bully, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, Dark Cloud 2, Psychonauts, Twisted Metal Black, Mega Man Legends 2, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Dark Cloud, and Rogue Galaxy. And then on DLC charts for PS4 and PS3, you see a lot of Call of Duty, you see some Minecraft, and then on uh, some Fallout 4 and Witcher 3 level yeah. on PS4. So that's basically good that. Good list, good list of classics. Yeah. Number, they're not as exciting uh, as I would have hoped. I didn't put it in here, by the way, but did you see that MPD released a statement today saying that they're going to start tracking digital sales? No, that's fucking huge. With like people that are cooperating with them, which yeah. apparently are big publishers. Um, so hopefully the MPD charts are going to be way more interesting now moving right. forward, which is going to be great. Number two, this is good news. No Man's Sky is officially gone to gold, indicating that the core game is complete and ready to be printed onto PS4 discs and published to the PlayStation Store. Word comes by way of Hello Games and studio lead Sean Murray on Twitter. Murray also revealed that unlike some games, No Man's Sky passed Sony's certification in multiple territories the first time it was submitted and that the team is now working on the game's very first update. The long-awaited exploration game finally launches on PS4 on August 9th. Where's your mind at with No Man's Sky? Because I'm kind of like, I want to play it, but I'm kind of like, I don't even care anymore. I'm a, so I think cautious optimism is the best way to go here. It's, people are looking at it like this, this is going to change their lives. No single anything should change your life. Like not even, I mean, not even like getting married, like even that you'll, you still got to be yourself. But a lot of people are looking at No Man's Sky like it's going to be this sort of, video games are escapism, obviously, right? And people want this 
this universe that they can disappear into endlessly. And the idea of something that's sort of uh, has no limits and it's just space is pretty fucking cool to think about. Yep. But ultimately, this is a video game designed by 14 people and there's going to be walls and limitations that people will be bumping into constantly. And I think that uh, measure your expectations a little bit on this one. You're like, I, I'm not expecting 10s. I'm not expecting 5s. I'm not expecting the next Spore. Uh, be cautious about this one. Did you read about the file size today? Yeah, only seven gigs. I think yeah, six, that? six six gigs. gigs, and it's actually mostly because of the music. Interesting. I saw a lot of people were upset about, it, and I had to remind them that like there are NES games that are a smaller file size than a modern day JPEG of that same NES game. <laughs> like a, a photo of Super Mario Brothers is larger than the game Super Mario Brothers. Yep. So yeah, um, that, that doesn't mean that doesn't to me mean doesn't anything. mean anything. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the same people who are like, oh, this movie is only 80 minutes long. Well, yeah. I mean, more movie doesn't necessarily mean better. Right, so. exactly. So we'll see how this all works out. I do yeah. think it's going to be a victim of its own hype, but I think that it's, I hope I'm wrong. I think people, well, my prediction is with No Man's Sky and some people agree and some people don't. And I and I, and I really hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a game that lasts for years and right. people really love it. Is that it's going to be a great point of interest for a few weeks. And you then, think so? Yeah. And then, and then people are going to move on to the next big thing. It's, it's good that it's coming out when it's coming out, but because I think it'll give them more room to breathe. But yeah. Um, I just don't I just don't know what the hook's going to be other than like exploring a few planets and then people are going to be like all right I've had enough. I that's that's what I think is going to happen with me. I'm going to I'm going to put in probably a week. Like here's the thing. This will either be like a weekend or a year. Mm. You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of middle, middle room on this game. Either you'll get into it, you'll understand it from top to bottom, and you'll be like, "Eh, I get it." Or you'll be like, "I'm fucking hooked. I can't stop playing this. I can't wait to see what's next." Um we'll see what happens with DLC and updates and the rest of that sure. stuff, but yeah. Cautious optimism. Speaking of optimism, number three, <laughs> it looks like the upcoming Batman collection, Batman Return to Arkham, is in more development trouble than initially thought. Eurogamer reports that publisher Warner Brothers is now aiming to have the collection, which houses Arkham Asylum and Arkham City together on both PS4 and Xbox One, with both games DLC. It will now come out in November, some four months after its original July release date. This is according to Eurogamer sources. Yeah. Indeed, Eurogamer sources indicate that November is the earliest we'll see it meaning it could conceivably be pushed to 2017. The port is being handled by Chinese studio Virtuous Games, and framerate issues seem to be the collection's major hindrance, according to Eurogamer. Now, to their credit, as far as I understand about this, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, this collection's a little more difficult because they are it's they're porting the game to a new engine. Yes. Yeah. So, the, the, so it is a little more complicated than merely upscaling and uprising the game, as they are doing with sim, like the Bioshock collection. Yeah, it's not a simple drag and drop, as they say. Uh, I was worried about this one from the moment we saw screens of it, because the it feels like the lighting um, in a lot of ways are a complete step backwards. Have you seen? No, I haven't seen the screens. Yeah, they they bumped up a lot. Like if So basically, if you open a, a photo in Photoshop, and you go into the levels section, and you grab the little black square, and you drag it all the way to right, you get a lot more dynamic shadows, but you lose a lot of nuance and color, and, and sort of the coordination between the picture elements. And it seems like they're doing that, and I'm not wild about that, because I feel like those are pretty gorgeous games, and there's a right way to do it. But also, this is like... Um, this is a franchise that's had a couple problems the last few times around at launch. So I'm kind of interested to see like, maybe it's good news that this thing's getting delayed, that they're taking their time. I don't think they can afford another, uh, fuck up out the gate. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of people have said, and I think astutely that a lot of the response and the nerves, the nerves over at WB have to do with the, the PC port specifically right. of Arkham Knight. Um, and how they just totally fucked and fucked that up, shit the bed and how to actually pull that game off the market. Yeah. Um, they don't sell it and they're not even trying, trying to fix it. Nope. Like that's how broken it is. So, um, 
the big thing to me is like I'm not sure it might have been like a, a an ease of port thing or something, but I'm not sure why they're even moving it off of. I think it's on those were on Unreal three or something, and yeah. then they're moving on Unreal four. So, um, I don't know why why like because people are complaining like wow the Bioshock collection that 2K is doing it seems lazy because they're just ports and I'm like but they're just they're the games that they were like I, I don't understand yeah. like why we need to. I don't think that they're going to sell another one more copy of that Arkham collection by saying it looks better. Like I, I really so don't believe that that's no. the case. So I, I don't know why you wouldn't just uh, just uh, port them as as proven by uh, Red Dead over the weekend getting ported backwards compatible style to Xbox mm-hmm. One and selling what I assume is gangbusters. Just anecdotally, it seems like it's huge already. And it was like what seven dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, that which game? is perfect, and that's that's yeah. good money. Right um, I don't really think that. Like, I think if you feel like you need to go back and play something again, give people that option. In terms of like taking six months or a year, all this development costs and time to uprest something and port it to a new platform just so people can play it again. Like, just take those games and put them on the store. Mm. That's all I want. I just want more classic games on the PlayStation Store. That's it. Yeah, I do too. And now that's why I was glad, especially with PS2 games uh, supporting trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing upresing of 1080p and all that kind of stuff. A lot of Rockstar games are getting that treatment. Right. We were just talking about Bully and Grand Theft Auto. Um, also, a lot of level five games like Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud 2, Rogue Galaxy. Um, so that's cool. I want them to. Well, then there's the other way of doing it, which is like what Square did with Final Fantasy VII by basically porting the PC port of the PS1 port that then had trophies. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was a walk. And then, yeah, exactly. And then what I would like to see, because there was uh, rumors of this uh, anecdotally connected to trademarks of retroactively putting trophies on the PS1 classics and maybe PS2 classics, and it could have been the same thing that they're doing now with sure. P- PS4. But to see that kind of support for some of those old games as well, not all of them hold up, but it would be cool to have those kinds of options. But I think it interferes with PlayStation now, and I think that's why they don't want to They don't want to do that. But I also think as a consumer, it's, it's sometimes better to remind yourself that something doesn't hold up by spending $7 on it mm. than it is to spend 60 on a collection and be like, ooh. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Number four. Speaking of ports, The Witcher 3's rumored Game of the Year edition is real. CD Projekt Red has confirmed that a Game of the Year edition of the game, which would inc- would presumably include all DLC and extra content, is in the works. In a statement provided to GameSpot, the studio's director, whose name I will not even bother to pronounce, said, quote, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt was a gigantic effort for the entire studio, and both the team and me were amazed by the good reception of Geralt's adventures. Since launch, we've released two expansions. Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, which added a lot of new adventures to the already potent mix. With all free DLC and updates the game received so far, including significant changes to the game's interface and mechanics, many gamers have asked us if we're working on some sort of Game of the Year edition. I'm happy to confirm, yes, plans are in motion to release such an edition. We'll release more details, including the release date in the future. In the meantime, I'd like to thank every fan of the game for their support. You're really amazing. End quote. (laughs) Um, I want to say real quick that it's really nice to see a game get game of the year edition that actually got game of the mm-hmm. year nominees <laughs> and awards yeah not the uh yeah and not just like not the many game of the year editions that no one nominated for like game of the year. i think it was there was like a dead island 2 game of the year yeah. edition or whatever and it's like, no one nominated that for game of the year. <laughs> so i'm sure some polish site or something yeah didn't, so they're like yeah fine only two more news stories we're going quick i mean oh we're moving quick so we're going to spend a lot of time with reader questions that's I think. Cool. number five Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney sure loves the idea of more powerful PS1 and Xbox One iterations. By the way, I bring this up in case people aren't familiar or haven't listened to the show and for Brian's edification as well. Sure. Uh, I don't feel like it's a good idea uh, to do these iterations of consoles. Some people that I've uh, uh, heard or read about or talked to uh, don't think it's a good idea. A lot of other people do think it's a good idea. So to present both sides of the argument, I bring you what Tim Sweeney told Eurogamer about the new PS4 and Xbox One iterations so you can get a balanced little part of the story. He says, quote, It gives you the best of both worlds. 
The upgrade cycle of the PC, which ensures that people always have access to the latest and greatest hardware and games don't go out of date over a seven year cycle, together with the fact that there's a box you can go and buy or two boxes and you're guaranteed that everything can work. And I think the, config- the configurations for developers are very reasonable. And then there's an ellipsis because it is a fragment. The console industry will grow and sustain its user base much better if it doesn't have to reset its user base to zero every seven years. The idea of throwing everything out and doing everything from scratch every seven years is completely crazy. And everything Epic's done with our new game development approach in- involving these online games we're going to maintain over time, it's about building games where we don't have to reset our user base to zero when we want to add new features, mm. end quote. So a different perspective and a valid one, I think, of that. Tim yeah, Sweeney is I'm, helpful. I'm, I'm still, I still kind of remain 60-40 on this whole thing because I do understand on a consumer level how it's a fucking pain in the ass you know and like anyone telling you it's not going to fragment the audience or anything like that is kind of a liar because i think that immediately no it won't but after a year or two yes it does sure uh just historically that's the way it's it's worked with pcs it's uh it's the way it's worked with iphones Uh, nintendo tried it with the new 3ds uh where you can't play super nintendo games on your old 3ds because they're just so fucking difficult to make you know nintendo nintendo definitely Set the bar, yeah, very low for that kind of shit. Because uh, how many 100%. times did I buy like Metroid? Yeah, enough, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's um on on the flip side to have this forward thinking industry that's constantly evolving and growing, and then saying that every seven years it's allowed to go up one one incremental step. It's kind of backwards from where we where we move as an industry as a whole, right? Sure. Because you you want you want thing people are constantly asking for um more powerful consoles, they're constantly asking for more powerful hardware, better looking games, better looking looking graphics, uh better sound, everything. They want all of that better and better. But that's very hard to do on hardware that's five or six years old sometimes. Mm. So uh if there's a system in place where you can basically take the console you have already get a substantial amount of money back and put it towards a new thing that'll lessen the blow a little bit you know ease the sting but if there isn't um which i imagine there won't be that something that substantial i think gamestop will probably have something but nothing like actually official right although microsoft did say that they are going to do something like that yeah they did say that which i think is smart because sony seems to not this is so complicated right like this just and that's my problem with it it's just so complicated (laughs) i don't i want to see how it plays out and i hope i'm wrong i just don't feel like it's gonna because here's what's gonna happen in e3 next year they're going to show game A, game B, game C, game D, game E. They're going to look great, mm-hmm. right? And people are going to be like, oh, what are they running on? And then Sony's got to put these little splash things to say yes. running on PlayStation Neo. And then everyone's going to be like, what does it look on the old PS4? Yeah. And then uh, then people are inevitably, you know, Digital Foundry, something's going to release these videos and be like, look how shitty it looks on the old PS4. These guys really did. Sp- or these guys didn't give a fuck about the Neo and they expect everything to the original PS4. And so why do you right. have a Neo at all? This is right. creates all these marketing complications, all these divisions. It is an unforced error, I think. We in the console space aren't PC gamers. So no. like we respond to the PC market. And I think the PC market is very ahead of its time. We make fun of the PC gamers a lot. But the fact of the matter is, as I said in the past, Steam shows you exactly like how forward thinking PC gamers are. No one buys ga- their games at all in the fucking store and physically anymore no. on pc that has been going on for years so this resistance to, to, to the elimination of physical games in console in the console space is you're fighting a losing battle you are going to lose that battle right. like because we can see ahead of time and see where, where all this goes but we also have a box that like there are 40 at this point i have to assume 42 or 43 million of these ps4s and i'm pointing for people that are listening to the digital you know to the, the audio rather to our ps4 there are 43 million they're all the same yeah, like they're all they're like exactly the same. There's also when you see a PS4 screenshot, it's a fucking PS4 screenshot. Right. And you and I, we've been doing this for long enough that we know to look in the corner and be like, wait a minute. Like I was telling the story on a different show a couple weeks ago, but we got sent. This is way back when I was at GameSpy, which is like the whole like little baby underneath IGN. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got sent 
these bull shots, we call them in the industry, which are just bullshit screenshots of the PC version of Aliens Colonial Marines. Or it was, no, I, I think it was like Alien, what was it? Alien, Alien Isolation? No, even before Alien Colonial Marines. It was like the Alien, Alien vs. Predator game or something okay. like that, where you could play as an Alien. Oh, I think I can Predator. actually see the box art in yep. my mind for that, yeah. So they, uh, they sent us these screens, and they were like gorgeous, and we're like, we're not running these. That's not the Xbox 360 version. And they're like, yes, it is. And we're like, bullshit. Like you guys would be screaming from the rafters about how you have the best looking console game ever made in history. Uh, and we pushed back and we didn't run them and we asked them to send real screens. And then I don't believe they did. So ultimately like you and I know to look in the corner, but I don't think most people do. And if you walk into a store and you see something running off of a TV, cause you have to understand large majority of, of, of sales come from just regular average dough, not the person who's head down on NeoGAF and everything else right, forever. Right. Um, shout out to NeoGAF, but to the average person who walks into a store, they go, wow, it's a pretty looking game. Oh, runs great on my PS4. They bring it home and then maybe it doesn't, or maybe it doesn't look anything like that. So it's sort of disingenuous. And I'm with you in that I'm worried about that E3 where all of a sudden things start getting fragmented. And then there's that weird sideshow in the corner and be like, well, don't worry if you've got a classic PS4, mm-hmm. which they'll come up with some fucking cute term for it. Right. Then uh, you'll re- get to run all your favorite games at half the and like that, you know, they'll just tuck it away in the corner. And I don't like that. Yeah. I so I, I feel like that's. It's fucked up because we we as gamers are divisive enough when you put us head to head with the other consoles, right? Like I wrote a joke on Twitter about the Microsoft Xbox One console, and I'm still dealing with the ramifications of it now, even though it was a joke. But still to this day, like if you take the people who already buy PlayStations and you divide them between the people who have a PS4 Classic, which we're just now coined that term, and the PS4 Neo... You're going to be like, oh, what's that doldrums over there? That fucking the console ghetto, these guys yeah. in the classic PS4. So I don't like it uh, in that sense. I wish there was a way to get to bring everybody up at the same time. Um, and I just don't think there is. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I th- Yeah, I want to see how it plays out. I think anyone who thinks that it, they know for sure how it's going to play out one way or the other, and I certainly don't, uh, is fooling themselves. Right. Um, I think it's going to play out the way the market dictates um, and also the way that these companies can cleverly or not cleverly market these devices. Yeah. The reason that I'm more bullish on Scorpio than I am on Neo is because, as people have asked and pointed out, is because Scorpio seems to be a quantum leap. Yeah. Um, also, P- Scorpio will be released in the same time frame that Xbox to Xbox 360 were released. So it is basically yeah. a new console. Um, Sony's uh, life cycles are typically a little longer, although PS1's life cycle uh, in Japan uh, was about five and a half years or so. So we're getting to that point as well. And PS2 was supported uh, for a very long time. Um, the Neo just doesn't seem like a very, at least according to the rumored spec, does not seem like um, a quantum leap compared no. to the Scorpio. So I want to see how it all plays out. Also, speaking of jokes and things that you said and being haunted by them, uh, you didn't predict that Vita would outsell 3DS in 2011. I did. But, <laughs> uh, but, did uh, it? No. <laughs> People still send me that article to make fun of me or whatever. And I'm like, I know what I said. It doesn't hurt me. It, it was before the, the hardware even came out. I mean, but you're still making IGN money based on this thing. I'm, I'm, I said to someone, yeah. I'm like, I'm sure pair, pair is fucking thrilled that I'm still getting these clicks. Yeah, for getting guys. clicks, right? They're probably running some old that on it. But it's I mean, whatever you're you're you've always been a kind of like root for the underdog guy. You know, that's what I like about you. Like was, you we don't have to do that anymore now. Yeah, wow. Well, now, who do I root for? The Jets. The Jet, well, there you go. Yeah. The Jets. I mean, for a while it was Republicans. It was <laughs> the Islanders. I mean, how I'm, I just, keep going? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just on the losing team. <laughs> but uh, it makes that win so much more important. It is you know? whenever we get it. it. Whenever we get it. 
I was like, when I was in Vegas this past weekend, I was looking at the Jets Super Bowl odds, and they were like, you know, forty five to one, which is yeah. like n- bad, but not great. But then I was looking at the Browns, and it was two hundred to one. And I'm like, oh, I can do all this. <laughs> uh, number six. This is a wrap up. As we know, we always end the Roper's report with new game announcements. Mars Exploring Game Lifeless Planet Premier Edition comes to PS4 on July 19th. I messed with that game on Xbox One last year. It was pretty interesting. People should keep an eye out for that. I thought it came to PS4 already, but I guess it didn't. Survival horror title Emily Wants to Play comes to PS4 on August 9th. Robot Battler Blade Ballet comes to PS4 on August 9th. And finally, Resident Evil 4's launch on PlayStation 4, which was announced some time ago, has been confirmed for August 30th. Fucking and awesome. And will cost, I think, $19.99. Trophy support? Yep. Trophy awesome. support and everything. Are on. you, uh, you going to play that one again? Yeah, I love Resident Evil yeah, 4. Me too. That's, that's like, uh, I was saying to somebody else, there are very few games where I can say I've beaten more than seven times. I think Resident Evil 4 is in the, in the, in the dirty dozen territory. So I'll easily play it a 13th. It's a really fantastic game. It's a yeah. dark game. I like the, uh, the setting. I like the grayness of it. Uh, I like that it's like a lot of it's outdoors and yeah. it's like it's so it's like but I think four was a special game it plays a little archaically I think they probably clean that up but um similar to what they did with remake or remake remake mm-hmm. I hope so I hope yeah. so it's uh I, I still to this day remember the first time playing the demo for that game and getting into the town and killing townspeople and being like I'm fucking awesome at this and then you hear that and you turn around and there's a chainsaw cutting your neck off and it's just fucking visceral watching Leon's head pop back um such a special game. I, the perfect bridge between classic Resident Evil and the bullshit that happened right. afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really the for in a lot of I like the old Resident Evil games a lot and but I and, and Silent Hill too. But I feel like four was like an amalgamation of some new ideas with the old style, whatever. And then five was just it wasn't bad. It just wasn't what I wanted. And six yeah. I wouldn't even play. So no. no. Um all right. So Altano, that's it for Roper's report. That's done. Now we do our little tradition here. That's not as fun anymore because I've made fun of them so much that they've clearly cleaned everything up. Uh-huh. Uh, we go to the drop on PlayStation blog and read the upcoming list of PlayStation Four, PlayStation Three, PlayStation Vita, yep. and sometimes PSP games. Are you are, so you are you upset that there's less typos and and fuck dude, ups you should have seen some of these things. <laughs> like, like I wish uh, there was like a clearly a ja- like a Japanese arcade game that was being released that. It was incoherent, <laughs> like what they were saying. And I just keep making fun of them over and over again. I'm not trying to make fun of the guys at the PlayStation blog. I'm no. like, can someone just, I know you guys, you are great writers. You can edit them and make them read and maybe sell a few games uh, as opposed to I, and tell me what the game's actually about. I think that shit was so amazing that was happening, by the way, because that's such a holdover from the 80s and 90s, like growing up reading blurbs from video games yeah. and video game magazines. And it was just like, collect to fun for the points and play with up to you and two friends. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the that's fuck? That's basically how, like, how some of this shit reads. And, and there is a, another Arcade Archives game on here, so maybe we'll get some goodness. Yep. <laughs> uh, so these are the games that are coming out this week. You can look forward to on the PSN or, or in retail stores, depending. A Drift comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on the 15th, so that's a Friday release. Um, I've been looking forward to playing this. Have you played? Have you tried this? Uh, I tried game? it in VR, and it was the only VR or one of the first VR games that get, got me legit nauseous. So I'm excited to just play it on my TV. But um, it's really fucking cool. Like, do you know the story behind that game? Uh, no, I know the guy that made it is yeah. the guy from that the just deal with it guy, right? Is that yeah. yeah the the Microsoft just deal with it guy, uh, Adam Adam. Totally forgetting your name. I'm I'll so sorry. Super cool guy. Um, he made this game basically in reference to Adam Orth. Yeah. Adam Orth, how he got fired from Microsoft after that Just Deal With It comment and then felt completely lost and alone and basically made a game about it, except took that pain and and confusion and threw it into space. Uh, So it's sort of that meets uh, the movie Gravity, which is really interesting. When I demoed it a few years ago at PAX, this game's been kicking around for a while now. I was kind of um, amazed at the way it looked, but also very terrified that you... 
at least the section I, I saw and played, you move from air canister to air canister. And I hope that stops happening after a while because it's fucking terrifying. Like that feeling of suffocation and anxiety of mm. being like, I'm floating through space and I'm like, <gasps> <sighs> and then a little thing pops up and you got to do all that again. I'm like, this is fucking stressful, yeah, stressful as hell. Up. But you can finish it in a few hours. Um, I think a lot of people preferred it on VR, but you can just play it on your PS4. So go check that yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder if we'll have PSV or PSVR support. Um, I don't know if they've announced that or not, but what, here's what it says about it. It says, a drift is an immersive first-person experience that tells the story of an astronaut in peril, floating silently amongst the wreckage of a destroyed space station with no memory and a severely damaged EVA suit slowly leaking oxygen, per Brian's point. The only survivor struggles to determine the cause of the catastrophic event that took the lives of everyone on board. So I'm, gonna, I'm keeping an eye out on that one. Yeah. I'm going to play that for sure. Arcade Archives Gradius 2 comes to PS4 Digital. This is also out on Friday. It's a fi- the 15th. Gradius 2 is a shooter released by Konami in 1988. Players take control of the superdimensional fighter Vic Viper in order to protect planet Gradius. From the Gopher Special Forces, Gradius 2 is is considered the best in the Gradius series and has played a pivotal role in the history of shooters. Looks like they cleaned that up. They did. That sounds good. Look at you, man. You changed the world. Damn. In small <laughs> ways. Assault Suit Lanos comes to PS4 digitally. It says, a classic reawakens. Assault Suit Lanos is back and in high definition. Get ready for an all-out robotic war as the fan-favorite Genesis Classic is reworked with an all-new HD... With, I'm sorry, with all-new HD visuals for the ultimate alien blasting experience. I do not even remember that game. I remember the box. I don't think I ever played yeah. it. If I did, I don't remember. Daydreamer Awakened Edition comes to PS4 Digital. Shoot your way through the hauntingly beautiful remnants of Earth. Created by Roland Studios, a one-man indie development house, Daydreamer is an homage to 16-bit era side-scroller shooters, coupled with strategic platforming, high-intensity battles, and pets that aid in combat. You wouldn't want to wake up from this dream. <laughs> There's a threat at the end there. So <laughs> slide a little threat in there. And pets. Dex comes to PS4 Digital. Explore, fight, talk, and hack your way through a rich cyberpunk world in this 2D action RPG. Wanted dead by a mysterious and ent- ent- tentacular organization. <laughs> what is that word? I don't even know what that means. Is you that will- like a spectacular tentacle? Does <laughs> <laughs> it mean tentacle? I don't know. You will traverse this futuristic city of Harbor Prime and make unexpected allies on your quest to bring down the system. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Ghostbusters comes to PS4 digital and retail. Grab your proton pack and join the Ghostbusters as you explore Manhattan, blasting ghosts and trapping those runaway ghouls. <laughs> that was it? Yeah, that's it. What? They're really sending that one out to die. Yeah. What the fuck is going on with that game? I don't know. I don't know. No re- review embargoes tonight? Is that, yeah, I think yep. so. I mean, regardless of what you think about the new movie, this was the perfect time to sort of drum up a bunch of excitement for this franchise. Mm. Uh, number one, they should have taken the original uh, console game, which was ostensibly Ghostbusters 3, has all the VO from the original From cast. the PS3 and yeah. Xbox 360, yeah. And ported it. Just drag and drop it onto the store. Nope, didn't do that. That'd be way too hard. So instead, they made this new game that doesn't star the old Ghostbusters or the new female Ghostbusters in the movie. Just stars some Ghostbusters, <laughs> some Ghostbuster, <laughs> and some ghouls. <laughs> Kerbal Space Program comes to PS4 Digital. I'm excited about this one. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been hearing about this for a while. This is an and Anthony Guy Ghost joint right yeah, here. Yeah, he's he really into that. Who said rocket science wasn't for everybody? Kerbal Space Program puts you in charge of the recently launched space program for a fun and clever alien race, the Kerbals. These little guys are counting on you to build spaceship rockets and vehicles that can take off and hold on during space travel missions without hurting them in the process. Really, really interesting. A really weird write-up, but really interesting game. Uh, it's it's basically about... It's sort of like... When, if, did you ever make like model rockets when you were a kid? Or no, like, no, no. That was too hard for that, me. Yeah, me too. I used to... I mean, I would... I'll put it this way. I put G.I. Joe's on fireworks. <laughs> it's about as close as I got to Kerbal Space Program. So if you ever did anything like that, if you ever took something 
that you sort of crafted or made or glued together and tried to see how high in the air it could go, whether that be a spitball or just throwing a book at a ceiling fan like I did in English class once, just to see who it would hit. <laughs> uh, it hit me. Um, you'll, you'll probably like this game, or at least on PC. I have no idea how it plays on PS4, but keep an eye out for it. Look for reviews. Last Wings comes to PS4 Envy, the digital cross-buy. Last Wings is a face and a fat. I'm sorry. Last Wings is a fast and dynamic air combat game developed in a mixed environment between 2D and 3D. Play alone or in a team of up to four players on the local mode. But if you prefer, start a battle on online mode with up to ten players and challenge the greatest competitors of this war. <laughs> really selling that one. Militant comes to PS4 Digital. These are real. This never sounds real. Militant is an action-packed side-scrolling platformer, a platform slash shooter set in the world ruled by insects. A lone soldier ant must defend his home colony at all costs from a brutal invasion by the termite infantry, the wasp air force and other enemy bug nations. I love that people are still making NES games <laughs> Me in too. 2016. I actually like that name militant. No, it's great. Mobile suit Gundam extreme versus force comes to Vita digital. It sounds like a fucking nerd parade. Let's see what it says. <laughs> Since 1978, the Gundam franchise has undoubtedly become a spearhead series in the Japanese animation landscape. Considered as a real icon in Japan, the TV anime has led to numerous best-selling toys, movies, comics, and even a giant statue in Tokyo. We've seen it. Yeah. Prepare for a clash of the eras as these powerful mobile suits are headed west with a brand new game. Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus Force. That has a dash in between Versus and Force for some reason. Panda Run comes to Vita Digital. Finally. Help Panda survive the coming cold in this new exciting game. Grab onto the snowboard. Grab onto the snowboard and ride through stunning adventures all over the world. It's snowing everywhere, so Panda can easily hit the slopes of Egyptian pyramids or the hills of sunny Italy. Unlock new boards, perform tricks, and break through to new records. Have you read... I think it's fascinating that pandas are doing all this shit. Have you read about how pandas refuse to fuck each other? Really? No. <laughs> they, they will not do it. Have you ever seen like a video of a panda doing anything? They're basically just... Yeah, they just, just sloth, slothily. It's, yeah, it's like, you know those when like when you have a, like a Sunday where you're doing nothing and you have like a Bloody Mary and you just lay around and they just eat food all day and like you roll from the couch to the bed? That's basically pandas all the time. They never want to fuck. You have to like lift them on top of each other, show them porn and stuff like that. So I can't imagine them snowboarding. That's I think that's fucking heinous that they're out there shredding and doing loops and shit. Get out there and fuck. Make babies. Get your shit together. You're in danger. Don't you understand? (laughs) Resident Evil 5 comes to PS4 retail. One of the most popular Resident Evil games comes to PS4 with enhanced visuals featuring single player and co-op modes and a dramatic storyline. This fully loaded release includes all previously released DLC, Lost in Nightmares and Desperate Escape story expansions, versus mode, extra figures and four costumes and the previously PC exclusive No Mercy mode. No thanks. Pass. Song of the Deep comes to PS4 Digital. Song of the Deep is a Metroidvania-style action-adventure game following a young girl's quest into the unknown to find her missing father. Combining discovery, skill, and suspense with an unforgettable narrative, this underwater journey will challenge players to explore, experiment, and skillfully navigate a vast ocean landscape. That game looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, Really excited about it. For people that don't know, Insomniac made that game. Have you seen uh, GameStop's partner with it in some way? Yeah, Game Trust is the... uh, I think that might be the first... That might be the first game that they are publishing. Yep. So basically, Game Trust, for people that don't know, is GameStop's uh, publishing arm, the retailer GameStop. Yep. Um, they're, they partnered with like um, Ready at Dawn with a game that's coming out. They're partnering with some others. Uh, this is a game that they partnered with Insomniac to put out. So it'll be available only, di- retail only in GameStop, but you can buy it digitally on PS. Which is really interesting because I think it's it's cool to see them figure out a way to circumvent, like we talked earlier about digital sales. I mean, they're not really getting a penny of that outside of like, gift cards and stuff like that. But Marty Sleva and Andrew Goldfarb sent me pictures and texts about uh, just how hard they're going on promo for this game. Like it's getting its own Funko Pops that are GameStop. Oh, wow. It's got this huge display. Like they're like, they're going Call of Duty level on this thing. That's cool. That's yeah, great. Good cool. for them. Yeah, for a Metroidvania. Super into that. 
And I'm excited. Bye, Kevin. I'm excited. Bye, Kevin. Uh, I'm excited uh, for Insomniacs and hope, hope uh, Insomniac. Hope they find success with it. Super Mutant Alien Assault comes to PS4 Digital. Three fleets of spaceships flee a doomed Earth, carrying the last humans in cryostasis. Pursued by aliens, it's up to the lowly security droids to save humanity. Ooh, I'm gonna burp. There we go. Taking up arms <laughs> solo with a friend, you must dance with death in a brutal and addictive arcade platformer shooter inspired by Super Crate Box and stuffed to the brim with unlockables. This game, I think, seems really fucking interesting. I bet you'd like this one. Type Rider. It's called. It comes to PS4 and Vita Digital. Cross by. Immerse yourself in this fascinating and unique experience to uncover the history and secret of fonts and characters. Control two dots and travel through the ages of typographic styles and techniques. What? From the rock paintings of prehistoric times to pixel art of the 2000s. Solve all the riddles by writing the most popular fonts and characters in a captivating musical and visual environment. Holy shit. Is there like a Comic Sans level? I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be amazing. I remember writing before Comic Sans became this thing that was a thing and then everyone made fun of it. I used to write all my pa- like 1995, 1996. I used to write all my papers in middle school <laughs> in, in Comic Sans. Like a fucking you were a war. history major though, right? So you're probably writing about like horrible atro- yeah, atrocious I I think I wrote, wars. I think I wrote a, I think I wrote a story, my, my, my eighth grade paper on the Civil War in Comic yep. Sans. And now the My Lai Massacre <laughs> by Colin Moriarty. Uh, I hope this game has an impact level. Impact is the uh, font you're familiar with because it's the kind mm-hmm. of funny font. Yep. Somebody said it actually, somebody tweeted it at us the other day about, about that. They're like, oh, this uses the same font as the kind of funny font. I'm like, that's impact. Yeah, yeah that's it's the, the other way around. The other way around. But yeah, if there's an impact level, that's going to look kind of funny the fuck out. <laughs> I don't Vi- know if that's a saying you guys use. <laughs> it is now. Keep it. Final game is Video Ball. Comes to PS4 Digital. Video ball is a sport everyone can play. We researched basketball, football, soccer, first-person shooters, and real-time strategy games. Video ball is a compact expression of all sports mechanics. Score points in order to win. Win in order to feel real good. Wow, that's promising a lot at the end there. <laughs> so those are the games. Now let me, Brian, let me consult, because I don't know what the fuck's ever going on here. Let me sure. consult the list here. Oh, okay, cool. So that's that. Upcoming list, we got that. Topic of the show, that's what we do next. Stop, stop, stop. So this is typically when you can go to the kind of funny forums and submit a question or a topic that we'll discuss for a little while. Mm -hmm. This particular question was not submitted as a topic, but rather a question. But I think it is a good topic. Sure. It is from Rory in Ireland. It says, hi, guys. Firstly, I just want to thank you for answering my questions on alienation last week. It was a nice surprise to see that. You're welcome. And you're back. This is now after God of War was reintroduced to us at E3. I was wondering what other franchises would you like to see return? Personally, I wouldn't mind a resistance reboot. Keep up all the awesome work. Rory um, so he's basically saying God of War is coming back it's different um, I'm not so sure it's a reboot it is a reintroduction as he says so we can talk briefly about this or at length about this if you'd like what are there any Sony franchises that have disappeared that you think can, can live again because there are a few I've thought of God of War is a really good one because I I'm one of those people that was kind of fatigued on that franchise uh, so to see it come back not like yeah I guess I'll just straight up say to come back smarter I think it's coming back mm. much smarter than it originally was growing up a little bit, but still like sort of facing a lot of the same demons that Kratos has always faced. But now there's repercussions, ramifications and the weight of, of having to drag a child through a nightmare world like that. Um, really smart way of handling it on a way, way lighter note. I enjoyed the shit out of sound shapes. I would love to see oh, that yeah. come back game. in some way. Um, especially like partner the idea of like Sony partnering with multiple, um, original musicians who are creating music that is um, interactive and also kind of a platformer. Uh, what do you think on Severed? I thought Severed was fantastic, but yeah. I think that I like Guacamelee better. Me too. Um, but uh, I thought Severed was really smart. The last game I platinumed, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm one of the biggest Guacamelee fans in the world. I fucking love that game. I just I love 2D platformers in general, and I feel like there was that weird 
You were there for it, but there was that weird era where people stopped making them because it seemed like a, a, a waste of good hardware. Right. Um, and I think they're just as accessible and interesting as they've ever been. And I think with with powerful hardware gives opportunities to do stuff that's even even cooler with them. Um, Guacamelee was gorgeous. Sound Shapes is really fun. Both of these games are very sort of pared down and minimal, minimalist games. Like they're not they're not like chugging at the ps4 basically they're they're not using every bit of resource but still like to make a good platforming game that's competent and fun and cool uh not necessarily the best graphical showcase for your 400 dollars machine or whatever the fuck sure. you're spending on it i want to see more 2d platformers i want to see those specifically which are in sony's wheelhouse i know they ended up going in a bunch of different directions afterwards but yeah sound shapes guacamelee bring those things back um there are i think three that come to mind for me that i think would and they're all long dormant uh, haven't been seen since the PS2 era at the latest, uh, but Sony owned IP internally developed um, and would be interesting to see again. I think number one, a series that I never even really cared that much about, but I'm shocked had they haven't done anything with is Colony Wars. Yeah, um, there were three of those games on PS1 uh, and Colony Wars was like, I feel like with VR and with um, with just like people's kind of love of some of these old kind of uh, space shooter kind of games uh, today. That I, I'm surprised they just let that sit there. Like right. Colony Wars has not seen uh, anything since PS1, and they released them in pretty quick succession. So um, don't know what the hell's going on there. Number two, Medieval. Um, now, there, now a while ago there were two things that happened in the last few years that made me think Medieval was coming back, and that I think it might still come back out of Sony London. Which is um, number one, Sir Daniel in All Stars, which wasn't a huge surprise because they really didn't have anyone to use, and he obviously was a, a kind of a classic character. Right. Of, 15 years ago plus but number two a while ago i don't know what the nature of it was but i don't know if you remember a video started circulating that showed da- sir daniel walking through this environment yeah, um, like a that? graveyard or whatever and people were like is this like the game or like, or is this like a hope like why would anyone make this don't. that's like where i was where i was like why would anyone make this to trick everyone that a fucking new medieval game's coming out well that was like that beyond good and evil video from a couple years ago they were like hey Fuck you. <laughs> like, well, just keep that to yourself if you're not actually doing anything with it. So I don't know the origin of that video, whether it was leaked or if they, it was officially released in some capacity. But yeah, like don't don't toy with people, uh, people's emotions like that. Do you think that there's a, a place in the universe for, for that franchise? Sure. I think, uh, yeah, regardless of the provenance of that video, I don't think you have to charge $50 or even $40 no. for it like Ratchet. I think that you can make a 1999 side scroller of some sort or some sort of, you know, pitch camera 3D game. Um, and see you know yeah. like like because I, it's what i've said about it and i don't want to talk about it again because I, and that's why i didn't bring it up it's like the same thing with prap of the rapper where i'm like what are you guys thinking like the, like the or the way square deals with final fantasy tactics and all these other things i'm like these are easy wins i really right. don't understand like why square enix doesn't release final fantasy tactics literally every year final fantasy tactics 2017 final I, fantasy tactics 2018 no one right even cares about the fucking story everyone the story is great but everyone wants just these maps and these fucking classes and just fucking yeah around. they just they just want to play it and and the same thing so i think not maybe not the similar thing but with medieval or prop of the rapper it's like these are easy you own this these ips you don't have to use an internal you don't have to use a second party studio go find a desperate studio that like wants to make a game um, or maybe the Sanzara route where those guys started making Sly Cooper without permission right. in hopes to show it to Sony and it worked and they were able to do it. And then you have something on your hand. So I, I'm surprised that that game hasn't come out. That hasn't come back out. Although I'm not convinced that it won't. The bigger one, the biggest of the three is the getaway. And and that is to me unconscionable that they actually haven't gone back and explored that. 
Team Soho, uh, which is like a Sony, I think an internally incubated at Sony London, I think, back made the getaway for people that don't know it. It was a PS2 game that was kind of supposed to be like Grand Theft Auto, but it was really like Grand Theft Auto met a Guy Ritchie film. So it was yep. like GTA 3 met Snatch, but there wasn't much exploration around the world, but the story was really intense. The voice acting was great. It was a little short. People wanted more of it. There was a sequel. There was a PS3 version of the game that was in development that was canceled. With the zeitgeist being Grand Theft Auto 5, I'm surprised that Sony been like, we're going to invest a shit ton of money in the getaway and we're going to have our own proprietary massive open world urban story driven shoot drive do whatever the fuck you want game. like present day yeah, yeah exactly yeah. In, in london like and, or in england explore something that grand theft auto hasn't in a long time and won't again because they want so, to take their games to take place in america so do you think it's that gta is so big that people are just like we're we can't even drive around this thing like we're not we're not going in, in the same building as it like because there was a time where when something was big you got 800 clones of it and now we've got um i mean in terms of like big open world uh crime driven shooting games with like gta style elements i mean you've got watchdogs mm-hmm. uh the new one coming out looks great sure. uh very fascinated to run around this fucked up city but yeah way. i am a, it looks great yeah so sure. the original one though so i, I yeah. want to see what what it's all about really. absolutely um and then you've got mafia but that takes place you know 40 50 or whatever the fuck 40 years ago right um other than that, there's really not, and like the Saints Row franchise is dormant, but it's also a hyper. And then they have this goofy. like whatever mayhem game that yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. But, but is it that GTA is so big that people are just not going near this because it's like we 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 don't see any more games like this. Like that was a genre for the longest mm-hmm. time. There was a time when everybody and their mother was making an open world, you know, carjacking, gun shooting, crime driven game, and no one fucks with it anymore. Yeah, it is an astute observation actually that we don't see a lot of those clones. It might be that they that people are scared away from these things and people are seeing diminishing returns when they copy games like that, right. which surely they did see with uh, the Godfather and all these other games that yeah. tried to copy that that style. Um that said, it's about to me it's about way that Sony wants to manage its IP and its and its catalog. Either and I respect the whole quality driven thing that Sony's really all about. And, and obviously all the first parties are about that. Right. Microsoft and Nintendo aren't immune to that either. They all release really quality games out of their first party studios. But um, not always from the second party, but that's another story entirely with IP they own. But the way I look at it is the getaway has this 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 love. It's a dormant love, but it's a love like from the PS2 era. I actually really thought the getaway was fucking awesome. Like I was yeah. really so shocked by how underserved that game was in terms of like it could have used another year even in development, you know, yeah. but like at the same time, I really loved it. Um, but the way I look at it is like Sony, even if it wasn't as good as Grand Theft Auto 5, and I think that they could make a game better than Grand Theft Auto 5. I think Grand Theft Auto 5 just has the zeitgeist. I don't necessarily think it's the best of its of its kind necessarily. It could be. Well, I think um, I think it's it's a lot more sort of jack of all trades and that's why it's very tough to go up against it because open world games have gotten especially if you look at rock stars they've gotten to this insurmountable level of uh, there's this height that you can't reach unless you do all of it and gta 5 ticks off every every box and if your game can only tick off seven or eight of those boxes you're kind of fucked um even if what you're hyper focused on is style is swagger is story which i think that like GTA five, like, like it or not, but most people don't really play it for the story, you know? And I think even the way it nails LA, uh, or it's sort of hybrid of LA and the surrounding areas of LA, um, is not as cool as something like the getaway could handle a specific city like London or something like right. that. And I think that's good. Like, I think that's kind of cool to get that hyper focus, like less Jack of all trades, but with an open world game, there is that sort of connotations of you need to do this, this, and this, you can't do this. Oh, I can't get in a plane. I can't get in a, a bus. I can't parachute and poco hop and shit like that people go it's worse than the other thing it's like well maybe not necessarily because uh 
like a restaurant that has 700 things on it doesn't mean it's a good restaurant. Look, look at fucking Jack in the Box. You go in there, you get a teriyaki cheeseburger and tacos and yep. popcorn. Like fucking sort it out. Yeah, like, yeah. And then you go to In-N-Out and they're like, they make we make three things here and they're all fucking great. You know, like get it right. right. So I think focusing on a few things, nailing it uh, in, instead of trying to take on GTA, which you'll never be able to do because it's just too Oh, big. no, 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 of course not. And it's uh, across multiple platforms and it's supported by a massive behemoth yeah. company that really only supports that game. And a few others. So it's uh, the reason I bring that up in particular and why I feel like it, it's, it might be an astute move for them to, to explore. And I'm sure they have. And I'm sure they cancel the old one. And I'm sure that they it, it, it gets bounced around in meetings every once in a while is uh, Horizon. Um, Horizon is awesome. And, you know, I went hands on with it. I'm sure you played it at E3, yeah. too. And I think that game's going to be huge. I mean, I told Gorilla uh, and Sony that I think that if handled right and released right and it's, it's as good as it seems it's going to be, that's going to be their next Uncharted. Um, that's going to be their next big thing. And. What I thought was starting about that is as they look at they looked at the environment, and they're like open world role playing games. We can have our own open world role playing game proprietary to PlayStation 4. And there are a lot of examples from Bethesda and others that, you know, from Techland and everyone that are making these open world games. So not they don't, there's not one king of the hill like there is with Grand Theft Auto, no, to your point. Totally. But, right. but they did insert this market and say, like, we can control a piece of this market and attract open world role playing game fans to our to our console. Um, or at least engender their support. And, and you can only play this on PlayStation 4. And so to have a game like like Grand Theft Auto. If if they release a game that was of an eight or a nine quality, they'd probably sell five million copies easily, and probably closer to ten million copies because that 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 those games are simply so huge that you have to assume that there would be huge support, but they could also shit the bed. Right. Um, we're also we're what two or three years away from when GTA Five was released, and they're in no rush to putting out a, a six anytime soon. They're not even doing story DLC. Like there's this massive sort of just will for something like that and no one's making it it doesn't exist you and i were both around when 3d platformers were king and everybody and their mother was making one even consoles Mm -hmm. i was like oh well it's all you know fucking panasonic is making a console right fucking you know the the phillips and cd all this bullshit uh no one's making open world games like that anymore so the if, if if the sort of open world rpg is the new open world like video game in in that department then that yeah that leaves plenty of room for the sort of the crime driven ones which we're not seeing a lot of because I don't think there's gonna be a lot of crime in Horizon yeah I don't know what those fucking dinosaurs are up those to, robot still. dinosaurs are committing exactly. larceny <laughs> um so anyway I thought that that was an interesting topic wanted to explore it. thank you Rory for submitting that yeah, thanks, question Rory. that ends up being the topic of the show you have been prominently displayed on PS I love you XOXO the last two weeks you're welcome mm-hmm. uh now uh, trophy times up next. This is when we talk about games uh, that have their trophies posted recently so we can explore those trophy lists a little bit. Also talk about the trophies we've been earning. Sure. Remind me, do you give a fuck? Because I, I, don't, I, I was, don't remember. I'm actually really excited you brought this up because I was going to talk to you about this. Uh, I'm one of those people that predominantly doesn't give a fuck about trophies, but a few times a year, I'll do that thing where I look up and I'm like, I'm getting a lot of these just naturally playing this. How far am I away from the platinum? Ooh, it's just within reach. I'm going for it. So it's not something I always do. I have to really, really, really love a game. There are people that, that platinum games just to do so. And there are other people that, um, that platinum every single game and don't, don't move on until they're done with it. For me, it's gotta be a game that like really, truly grabs me. Like it's really fucking weird, but like the last game I platinum was far cry primal. Oh, okay, cool. Cause I was playing it and I'm it's like, a good game. yeah. And I'm playing it and I'm like, okay, well just doing what I'm doing here. I'm about 75% done with the trophies in this game might as well get the rest and i'm do i'm doing it with lego star wars force awakens right now because just playing through it i'm like this is kind of mindless and fun it's kind of the perfect summer game uh i'm like i'm i'm pretty far along the trophy list and a lot of it is stuff that you know i was going to do anyway or they'll be like oh you're in um you're in the millennium falcon changing a chewbacca and and uh and han solo 
and the trophy pops up. I'm like, I can do that. And they're like, uh, when you're about to beat a level, become a uh, Maz Kanata and Chewbacca. And then you get that little trophy. That's like, I like that Wookiee little things like that. I'm like, I was going to beat this level anyway. If I can, if I can change out a character, pop into something else and go in, then yeah, I'm in there. So I'm going to platinum that game. And it's going to be one of the very few times I've actually gone hundred percent in on a game like that, but it's got to get me in the right state of state of mind, the right time. You know, you know, I, we play a lot of video mm-hmm. games. We just kind of have to. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's, it's, it's harder for me. I, are you still, are you still like, no, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I always look at the trophies and I always aim to get as many trophies as yeah. I can, but I also don't like, I'm like, I don't adhere to it. Like I used to like look at my list and cringe when I had like four, five, six, seven percent, I'm like, I just don't want to play this game anymore. And then I right. look at my whole list of trophies last year, and it's just like a like a platinum or like I'm 80 percent along. And then there's like ten games where I like got like two trophies or whatever. I'm like, I just don't care. Like I just don't care anymore. You, you, uh, but I like I like getting them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When there's a game that it speaks to me, I'm not going to play games for trophies anymore. Right. Um, Interesting. You were one of the like the the biggest diehards of that. So I'm kind oh, of yeah. I'm kind of amazed you were able to pull back. But like ultimately, you I feel like. I'm very torn on trophies. I think they're fucking awesome for people who can only buy a few games a year. I think that like this, this sort of um, this list of things to do, right. That basically gives you uh, incentivized options for what to do with something that you've spent your 30, 40, 50, 60 right, dollars right, right. on, or even 10 bucks on whatever you do uh, is fucking awesome. And like you, you like the, the, the idea of a desert Island game, if you have giving somebody something that they can get 30, 40 hours out of that, the rest of us might only spend seven or eight on is really fucking huge. Um, I think some people get hold held up by them and it keeps them from enjoying other. I agree. I mean, I've been there yeah. and I know how that is and it sucks. Yep. Um, so there are four games that I want to explore this week really quickly that have trophies posted uh, that I thought were interesting to explore. Just very briefly, Ghostbusters has 11 uh, bronze, two silver, nine gold, and a platinum. So an interesting uh, array. Nine gold trophies is a lot of trophies. Um, basically, these seem pretty straightforward. Get one character to level five, one character to level 10. Um, a rankings, uh, co-op assists, etc. and so on. So nothing too crazy here. And then basically trophies for completing all of the levels in all of the different areas, fully upgrading all the characters, getting all the characters to the level 20, earning A ranks on all levels, etc. Yep. So Ghostbusters is pretty straightforward. A lot of gold trophies if that's what you're looking for there. That game Last Wings that we brought up this on PS4 and Vita has 10 bronze, 9 silver, 6 gold, 1 platinum. So a more normal uh, distribution there. Uh, the gen- the gold is achieving levels 20 and 25 and winning 100 matches and shooting down a certain amount of enemies, etc. and so on. Again, this one seems pretty straightforward, um, although I'm not sure the contingency on online trophies. Because some of them says win in all game modes online or offline, so it seems like they're trying to save you from that online grind in uh, Last Wings. Kerbal Space Program. I was interested in looking at these trophies. 25 bronze, 18 wow. silver, 1 gold, 1 platinum. Uh, so lots of trophies here. Um, and it seems like these are going to be a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them have to do with getting your first mission to all these different planets, it looks like, or all these different locations. So you can look forward to that as well. I really want to play this game. I'm really excited about it. And the one that I was super disappointed in, so Insomniac sent us codes for Songs of the Deep, or Song of the Deep right. last week. Uh, the trophies weren't live yet. And you can't see, obviously, PS4 trophies because of the connection to the PSN unless yep. it's up. So I emailed uh, James, my friend James at uh, Insomniac. I'm like, do you have the trophies? And he sent them over. And I'm like, you guys made a Metroidvania game with no platinum. <sighs> So five bronze, four silver, one gold. That's it. That's and song of the deep. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably tone deaf. Um, now I heard the game's great, so I'm not holding anything against it. But that is an unbelievably tone deaf move to make a game like this and not have a platinum trophy in you're, it. You're you're the kind of guy that I know. You're super into Metroidvania, just like mm-hmm. me. It's just just part of. I, I, we just we we drove through the same path growing up. I think hundred um, percenting a Metroidvania is is what it's all about. And I, and I talked earlier about, you know, playing a lot of games and moving on. There are games like that that still grab me every now and then. Like I look at, I look at, uh, 
something like symphony of the night and getting finishing that completely um you want a little trophy to pop up at the end of it. Yeah. That. Like that's a, that's a good thing to happen. It's a yeah. good sound. Symphony. So Symphony of the Night was re-released, I think on Xbox 360 and had a downloadable list of, tro- of achievements. Mm-hmm. So not a full like list of them or whatever. Symphony of the Night, if Konami released Symphony of the Night as it was on PS4 and gave it a platinum trophy as a full trophy list, I bet you that game would sell a lot. And yeah. just because people love that game, I love that game. It's one of the great games of all time. And I would murder for a fucking platinum trophy in those games. It's the same reason when Mega Man Legacy Collection came out. So Mega Man one through six, and it's just got to download like the same list of trophies, like four or five bronzes and a few silvers and a gold. I'm like, are you guys out of your minds? Like the, the, the different if you just were like thought about it, the different ways you could have made these trophies, you could have made a platinum for each of those games yes. and made it totally awesome. Like beat Shadow Man with just the arm buster, beat the game without using an E-Tank, beat the game using only Shadow Blades. Beat yeah. the, like there's like a million different ways. Like it's like and these are the shitty trophies you gave us. Like I don't understand why no one's going to them at even at the first parties and being like, guys, guys, guys your game will sell more and more people will play it. If you put more thoughtful trophies in it, that is known. You, there, know? So you specifically would have gone fucking ape I shit. Ape shit over that. Like that would have been fucking awesome. Like a beat, you know, get through as much of this level as you can without using your, your mega buster. Right. The fuck. Um, there needs to be, I don't know if he's like a consultant or a, a, just a person, not necessarily one per company, maybe just one for all of them who just goes door to door, kicks open door, door, uh, boardroom meetings. And he goes like, what are you working on here? put fucking symphony of the night on ps4 with a platinum trophy what yeah you'll make a lot of money and it's super easy uh do a do a trophy where you don't have to if you don't use the whip or you get frozen by a medusa head five times i don't know figure it out goodbye slams the door and walks over to capcom and he's like what are you fucking doing take your mega mans and put on put a platinum trophy on there like a guy who goes from place to face let's call him captain fucking obvious and he just goes i have an idea you have all this shit sitting around it's old you can make millions of dollars off of it, off of just people who are sitting there. You don't even have to worry about retail anymore. You don't have to running about ad, ad, ad campaigns or anything like that. You put a big fucking JPEG on the on the PlayStation Store. People like you and me see it one night after a few beers, and we go, "Oh shit, I'm buying Symphony of the Night, and I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna bl- I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna beat it this weekend. Oh shit, there's a platinum trophy. I'm going for it. It would be so exciting, and I know that ever, not everyone gets that, but it's. It's one of those things where, I mean, I'm throwing out garbage math here, but I refuse to believe that it would cost Konami much more than 50 grand or something like that to be like, we're taking this old PS1 ROM. We got to get it. The ESRB has to rate it again and we have to certify it again. So that's going to cost a certain amount of money. We're going to add trophies to it and do nothing else to it. So we're going to put fucking two guys on that. Yeah. You know, and then we'll QA it and put it out and boom, put it on the store. And what is it like? And even if you're not in the trophies, like just if I owned, if I was at one of these companies, I'd be like, we're putting all of our games on everything. Who gives a fuck? Like, just do it. You know, I if mean, I was Capcom, I'd be like, everything that we ever did is on the is on the digital stores. Every digital store, everything. For for multiple reasons. One, money. Let's get it out of the way. Video games are business. So sure, first and foremost, no money. There. Uh, number two, fan service. People like you and me, we bitch and moan about the lack of new Castlevanias, the lack of new Mega Man's. Mighty Number no. Nine didn't do it. I'm oh. hoping Bloodstain does. Oh, uh, Bloodstain looks way better. Yeah. Uh, Oops. But that's how you you win people back like that. Capcom and Konami specifically have been two companies that have their names been kicked around in the dirt a lot the last few years. Why? Because when you look to them for what you always love them for, they're not making it anymore. No one's making new Castlevania games. They're just not. No one's making new Mega Man games. They're just not. So in lieu of developing a brand new one, take the old ones, put them on the new systems. Three, preservation. Video games have a major problem with preservation. Just as a whole, it's almost impossible. Like you can pick up a book from a hundred years ago and it'll fall apart in your hands, but you can fucking read it as it falls apart. Most video games you can't play after four or five years, six years, seven years. Either they go offline or the original hardware doesn't work anymore. Or like I bought, you know, we talked about Link's Awakening earlier. I have a, 
I have a like an original Game Boy, and I'm like, I'm gonna play a Link's Awakening on it. And I went and bought it, and the battery was busted. So like, I went to return it on eBay, and I'm like, it cost so much money to return it. So I could also buy like a a, a new battery and the fucking tri-wing screwdriver, mm-hmm. and and just that's my night now. Uh, but why? Just make it easy. Just put it on a store. And I know it's on the 3DS, uh, but it's not on the Wii U. Just make things easier to play right. and take take old games, drag and drop them where they need to be. And yeah, add platinum trophies, incentivize them. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this seems so obvious to me. Yeah, it's so why frustrating. Is it so fucking I, I, difficult? Yeah. I just don't, I don't get it. I just, there's, it's, it's nonsense. It yeah. really is. Um, and uh, I don't care like what excuse is thrown out. I'm like, it's nonsense. You're, it's just nonsense. Um, I think the NX uh, with Nintendo, uh, their preservation of their catalog, their old catalog is by far the most important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think to you and I think to most gamers. And so I think the NX will hopefully unify all of that. And hopefully we'll see all of their games up in a place where we can buy them one last time. And then it will know they, they that will, they're there. They will forever give you plenty of options to keep rebuying the exact same thing without ever letting you know or informing you that uh, you own it already. It's the fucking worst. Yep. Uh Next up uh, segment, Dear Shuhei. This is when we uh, read a letter from you to Shuhei Yoshida to change something he probably has no power over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, Hello, uh, this person is paper thin pants and he's from Chicago. He says, hello, don't Colin. Don't piss those pants. He says, no, don't <laughs> piss them. Hello, Greg and Colin. I have a question for Shuhei for the bitchin' to Shuhei segment, a.k.a. can you please fix this? That's not really what it's called, but can we please do something about the video previews in the PSN store? The resolution is so bad. It looks like I'm streaming video over a 56K modem in 1996. Oh, Browsing yeah. indie titles on PSN is Sony's chance to get me to spend money on new cool looking shit. Not spend cool money on stuff that looks like shit. Take my money. Love the show. Keep it up, homies. And that's paper in the pants. I was, uh, pants I was actually just uh, agreeing with this guy the other day without even knowing about this email. But we uh, I was I was going through the PlayStation store because, uh, you know, th- there's these summer sales right now. And it's a great time to pick up a bunch of games that A, you've been waiting on or B, that you've never fucking heard of before. Um, and he's totally right. They do. It's a it's a disservice to the console itself and the the developers of those games when you go to watch something also side note like a lot of these trailers are just really bad it's you can't really expect an independent game developer to cut a fucking blockbuster trailer right of course but they're really bad but you take a bad trailer and you funnel it through this low resolution bullshit uh there's not even any screenshots or anything like that half the time and you're left with something that's just like well no i'm moving on even if it's a dollar fifty you're like it's not worth it i feel like yeah i feel like this is an obvious one Mm mm-hmm the PlayStation Store has always been not as usable as it should be based on the criteria of the time. Yeah. Right. So I've reminded people in the past, and I'm sure you remember in 2006, 2007, when PS3 launched and was it was it was new. The old PSN store ran off of a browser on PS3. There wasn't even a yes. an app. It wasn't even an endemic app to the PlayStation 3. It ran on a fucking browser. Yep. So that tells you everything you need to know about uh, what the fuck is going on with those guys. There are a uh, few things more jarring and ugly in this world than uh when a, a a browser window pops up on your console and you're sitting there holding a controller and you have to move that little fucking 1998 arrow key. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shu, has Shuhei ever actually fixed anything that you guys have, have told him to? No, okay. No, definitely not. I, I mean, I love that dude. I mean, we, I love him too. I mean, we, it's a joke at this point because he's in charge of the first party studios. There's yeah. no idea what the fuck's going <laughs> no, on. No, no. Um, did, did, did people on the show know the story about when you and I had dinner with him in Japan? At the uh, Kill Bill restaurant? Oh, no, I don't know. If I was, and was it me? You and, was Mitch there, too? Or was it just the three of us? It was you, me, and Mitch. Yeah. yeah. And we went, we were in Tokyo, and Shuhei wanted to meet us for dinner. So he sent a car for us with, like, a, I think you had, like, a piece of paper yeah. that had bizarre instructions on it. Not bizarre, just Japanese. Bizarre to us. Yeah. And uh, we showed up at this restaurant. We're sitting there. We walk in. I think we were there for, like, five minutes. And I was like, this is that fucking restaurant where Uma Thurman kills the crazy 88 and Kill Bill. 
It's fucking awesome. We're looking around. There's the banister, and I'm picturing her running up it. And they started just bringing us all this food and 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 alcohol. And uh, yeah, one of one of my favorite nights. Yeah, that was an awesome awesome night. Uh, he's uh, he's very good to us when we go to Japan. He was also we appreciate uh, him very much. So we've been people in general have been mad at him for years for not being able to fix the 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 PlayStation names thing, right? The right. PSN IDs. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. This is a really terrible anecdote, but when my mom came to America through Ellis Island, they fucked up her last name and she's had it forever now. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel kind of like an asshole complaining about how I want to change my name on PlayStation when she couldn't <laughs> change her real, real name. <laughs> They're like, we're just adding an O and that's you now. So enjoy that <laughs> life. All right. Goodbye. At least you're here, ma'am. Shuhei, save us. So that's the, uh, the please Shuhei fix something for us thing. Uh, reader mail now. Yeah. Let's read some questions Let's from the it. audience. You guys have a, a secret sound you do or anything? No, nah, I don't even know. Read a mail. Yeah. Read a mail. Nine is alt rock. Read a mail. <laughs> there it is. I don't know if anyone sings like that anymore. Um, so NWO Hollywood. Gives us this question. All right. It says, you two host an unrivaled podcast every Tuesday. You two primarily do your gaming on PS4 and Vita. You two, and he's talking about, it can be really us because we all yep. both host unrivaled podcasts every Tuesday. Uh, you two know PlayStation inside and outside like the back of your hands. It's all amazing. So it begs the question, why exactly are you guys such huge hardcore fans of PlayStation? When exactly did you both enter this love affair with the brand? And what is it like, what is it that keeps you guys so invested in the PlayStation ecosystem? Um, and he has other questions, but we'll just keep it there. Sure. So do you remember you were obviously at a PS one and yeah. is that, so that's when you yes, began yes. same yeah. for me. So when, what do you, and I'm not saying you have a love affair with PlayStation. You obviously don't, you play a lot of, you're on, you do Nintendo, you play uh, some Xbox stuff or whatever. I, I'm, I say with like a wink and a nudge that I'm console agnostic, but the reality is that I do 99% of my non, non-exclusive console gaming on PlayStation four. Like that's just where I'm when when a, when a third party game comes out when a multi platform game comes out I'm playing it on PS4. It's just one day you look up and you're like, this is where I live, you know, this mm-hmm. is where all my shit is. Yeah, and I think there's no shame in it either. No. Like, I don't. We have all the consoles in this house. Um, we but Greg and I play almost everything on PlayStation Four. And even when a game comes to Xbox One that I want to play, either like I'll wait. So like Tomb Raider, I'm just waiting. Or Gears of War, I'll play. Yeah. Um, but. To me, it's uh, I, I bought my PS1 in 1997. I've told the story many times, so I won't tell it you know, in depth again, but I sold all my Super Nintendo games, which was a huge fucking mistake. And I had to buy a lot of them back, but I wanted it for Final Fantasy 7. So I bought my PS1 a memory card and Final Fantasy 7 pre-order. I actually had my PS1 for like two weeks before the game even came out. I had played mm-hmm. like the jam pack or whatever on it. Um, and ever since then, I've had a PS, you know, PlayStation. So PS2, when PS2 came out at launch, I bought it in October. 2000 PS3 I couldn't afford in college when I moved out here to, for IGN um, I bought one as soon as I could yep. when the slim model came out and then PS4 obviously I had day of launch PSP and Vita I also had so I've been a huge PlayStation fan the thing is that I often also say I'm a reformed Nintendo fan right. I actually was a massive Nintendo fanboy growing up so that can't be lost on anyone like people think I'm a fanboy of PlayStation you ain't seen fucking nothing yeah you know I was a I was a Nintendo fanboy through the roof Nintendo fanboy I when seeing, I was young seeing your desk when I first came to IGN it was just it was decked out in Nintendo stuff you had you had like links and and fucking Mario and all this shit like that and they need Mega Man's and stuff like that oh, yeah, obviously as well but um, yeah I think that was a natural transition for a lot of us growing up was you start on Nintendo and then you moved over to PlayStation and I know some people that moved over to Xbox but a lot of and this is totally anecdotal obviously a lot of the Xbox gamers I knew were the ones that were sort of lapsed 
and came back because they were like, I just want something kind of like action driven to come home to. Right. And I think PlayStation was the home of like a lot of the weird, quirky Japanese shit that we grew up accustomed to as Nintendo fans um, that Nintendo wasn't really fucking with anymore because they weren't picking up the phone and calling third parties. So you had this this lapse and this this uh, this huge sort of like it was sort of just like a big gulch where there all, all the great games I used to play didn't exist anymore. I was like, where like where's my weird, quirky like RPGs. Where's my weird fucked up like action platform right. games? Like where's all that kind of stuff? Um, Sony now is known for aligning with some of the biggest third parties in the world. But for a while there was like really a lot of strange quirky Japanese shit. And that was the place to find them was on PlayStation. Cause obviously you know the story about how they were working with Nintendo that they're, uh, they're, they're the entire universe of consoles that exists right now is because of that failed relationship. So, um, I don't know if you've ever been dumped and you think it's the end of the world. It's probably not. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can go on to be better than you've ever been. So yeah, I was True I was kind of the same way. Where I think the PS2 was one of the first consoles I the N64 and the PS1 were some of the first consoles I actually saved up my own money for, and the PS2 uh, continued that. But that was a uh, it was a weird it was a weird gap. Where how old are you? Uh, thirty one. Thirty one. So yeah, I'm I'm thirty five. So we're a few years away from each other. So the PS2 was one of the first ones we brought to, to college, which was a weird system to have in college because it, a lot of them broke constantly. Yep. And, uh, a lot of people blamed smoke for that. And there's a lot of smoke in the air when you're in college <laughs> of various kinds. Um, so the, my college soundtrack was basically whatever sounds were coming out of grand theft auto on PS2, you know, and I, I had a PS1 at launch. I played a lot of, uh, I played a lot of PlayStation games, but I also did jump around. But I think once it started remembering who you were, once it started um, taking your your uh, like trophies were part of it, but also your digital purchases were part of it. Yeah, huge part you, of it. You do become part. You do become connected to something for a very long time. And I I turned on my Xbox One the other day because I have a big entertainment system. It's got a PS3, a PS4. I don't even know why I still have a PS3 hooked up. I just do. Um, PS3, a PS4 a Wii U, there's a Wii and an Xbox one all hooked up at the same thing. Um, there's also a PS TV on, on top that I never did anything with because a fucking memory card for it costs more than my wife's engagement ring and fuck you Vita memory cards. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, uh, I, um, I turn on my Xbox one. I played through play dead's inside. Really cool. Really interesting game. Uh, at the end of that, I turned off my Xbox one. Uh, the other day I turned it on and I, I I went to play Red Dead and I think I played like half an hour before I was just kind of like, I'd rather be playing this on PlayStation. There's no reason for that. Um, I do, and this is like really weird, but I feel like I prefer the the DualShock at this point. I just do. It just feels right in my hands. There's a DualShock always sitting on my coffee table and I walk in the in the living room and it's it immediately puts me in a good mood because I look down and I'm like right there connected to that thing or some of my favorite gaming memories of the last 10 years, you know, regardless of if that's a dual shock three or two or whatever the right. fuck it is. Um, you just, you, you pick up your, your controller, you turn on the PlayStation, your friends are there. You're comparing like I'm, I was, I queued you in on Pac-Man two fifty six, right. right. Which has like leaderboards and stuff like that. And it's telling me people on my friends list, if they're beating me or not. Um, you someday, one day you're just there, you're part of a neighborhood and you're like, I don't know if I'm necessarily like going to live in this neighborhood forever, but I'm happy being here. I'm connected to it. All my purchases are here. When the PS4 came out and they said, you know, uh, games like flower are, are immediately in, you know, in HD you have them for free cause you own them already. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. 
Like you, I, I got a console and already had a bunch of games. I was already connected to a lot. Of, and I know people are getting that now with backwards comp- compatibility on Xbox One. In a lot of ways, yeah, which I, is a great move on Microsoft's yeah, part. Great and move. a lot of ways, I really wish awesome. Sony focused on that as much. Me I mean, too. you and I have been talking about retro games for at least a third of this podcast already. We want to see more of it like that. Uh, one day you just wake up and you realize you're really connected to something and it's because you've been on it for so long. You've got a lot of memories to it. I think their marketing campaign in the last few years, specifically you guys have this painting in the corner of that, you know, when they went into the PlayStation all-stars and they did that whole campaign about, you know, here's all the characters on the, on the fucking boat. Uh, this, I know there's a name for that painting. I call it the fucking boat. Yeah. The fucking boat. Uh, one day you look up and you go, oh shit, I have nostalgia for PlayStation the same way I did for Nintendo mm-hmm. in the 90s where I thought about characters in the 80s or in the early 2000s. You're like, you know, when Nintendo did that kind of like classic uh, NES line where they put out that Game Boy Advance SP that right. was shaped like an NES and re-released all the old games. Sony's at the point now where anyone who's been on a, a PlayStation gamer for long enough has that level of nostalgia that people in the in the late 90s had for early 80s Nintendo stuff. It's just there. Uh, that Even that, that classic PlayStation 4, PS1 controller and everything, the theme that came out, all that stuff, there's a history there. And it snuck up on people. And I think that Microsoft isn't there yet. I think they're trying to get there. Uh, it's just a it's a it's it's just a younger ecosystem, right? Um, you look at the original Xbox versus like I mean, people have nostalgia for Halo. People like, they've they sort of inherited the nostalgia for Rare that Nintendo gamers had that they've now transferred onto their own shit. But Sony PlayStation specifically is something that's been in my life for so long now that it is a huge fucking part of it, and that'll never go away. Yeah, I think it's beautifully put. Thanks. Um, I think that uh, it's these tangential and sometimes serious connections we have to these brands that I think is more real than people think. Like, don't be so loyal. You shouldn't be loyal to a company. You shouldn't. No, maybe not. But you you shouldn't be blindly loyal to a company. But I have loyalty to PlayStation and I have loyalty to Nintendo because they provided me a lot of memories. Like, I'm rooting for Nintendo. When I saw the things about po- I make fun of Pokemon Go and all that kind of stuff. But when I saw that their stock price is booming, that they had their best day on the stock market since the fucking Famicom launch. It's crazy. It's 1983. Crazy. That is the last time they had a day as booming on the stock market in Tokyo as they had when Pokemon Go launched here in the States. Um, that makes me happy because I'm like, well, Nintendo needs help. And I hope that they take hints from this and maybe get out of the hardware business. But um, this is exactly what they need to do. So I'll always be rooting for these companies from the side on. I have no, I have no invest investment in these finance, in these companies financially, right. but I have investments in them from, from my, from nostalgia and from memories and from, from why I play games. I played a shit ton of Nintendo games and I've played a shit ton of PlayStation games and I appreciate those brands. I'm just less connected to the Xbox, even though I had an Xbox, you know? So yeah. it's, it's just, I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, you just worship a plastic box. And I'm like, well, no, it's not that binary, but it's also like, I kind of do like that plastic box because it's 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 intrinsically connected to a lot of great memories, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, and absolutely. purchases, which is like the other part of it, the memories of the wallet. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. All right. We have another one from Felix. Hey, Felix says, hello, guys. With the release of The Walking Dead season three, do you think that Telltale Games will make it possible to take the choices I made in the first two seasons that I played on Xbox 360 and put them on my PS4? I played season one and two on Xbox and would like to play the new one on PS4. Are they even re-releasing season three on last generation? Are they even releasing season three rather on last gen consoles? I don't think they are, but they might be. Um, I think this is possible, but unlikely. I don't think it's going to be a literal thing. I don't think you're going to be able to put the game into the PS4 and then and it's going to ask you, like, which games did you play it on? And we'll ping the Xbox service or whatever. I think it'll be more like Mass Effect, where um, Mass Effect 2 and 3 came to PS3 before right. P- Mass Effect 1, people remember. Um, and you had to, like, play some sort of, like, comic book to make the choices that you would have made in the game that were key choices. It would be cool if they just ha- had a thing even online that can ingest your save from your console 
that will then transfer to the other one. But I don't know any plans for that. I've not heard any plans for that. It would be smart for them, but I don't know if it's technically possible or worth the resources that they have to put in to make that. that I think the thing you said first is far more likely. And actually, I really like that. I mean, it's ostensibly a BuzzFeed quiz, right? Like, which Full House character are you? Like, you go through, you pick your choices, and all of a sudden at the end, it's like, you're Danny Tanner. Sorry, Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about it. (laughs) Enjoy those tight-ass jeans. Uh, It was a... I had the same thing where I played... I played season one on PS3, and I played season two of The Walking Dead on Vita. So when I moved over to Vita, I was just like, uh, oops. And it just <laughs> auto-populated my my questions. Also, like, I fucking love Telltale. I love The Walking Dead. Um, it's I think it's completely overstated how much of an impact those questions, those those decisions actually have sure. on your final product. Um, it's very different than, say, something like Heavy Rain, where characters specifically disappear forever. Like, when characters die off in The Walking Dead games... Um, they're usually kind of inconsequential. So I think there's a smart way to do it. I love that comic book idea. I love the idea of just going in, um, either auto-populating answers or just reminding yourself of the decisions you made. But the reality is, is you probably don't remember them. So yeah, yeah I, I, start, I, start fresh. Yeah, I agree. We had, and I bring that up because we had a similar question with someone who had played Walking Dead season one on Vita. Yeah. And maybe season two. I don't even know if it's on Vita, but some problem with season three as well. There are going to yeah. be a lot of these problems moving forward and Telltale should try to solve them to the best of their ability. I do agree with you. I think this kind of agnostic kind of solution, I think is probably best. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're carrying a lot of sort of narrative baggage with you at that point. Sure. I mean, and I also don't remember what I did in the first season of, of that of that game. That's it's been it's like half a life ago. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't either. I loved yeah. it, but I don't I never even played the second season. Hello, big sexies, says Josh Thompson. After listening to episode 42 and hearing you guys talk about the options of what PS Plus has offered and what the future of PS Plus can be, do you guys think that Sony would ever consider offering any of their Sony films as part of PlayStation Plus? I don't really know what loops and obstacles the PlayStation team would have to have to do to get that done, but I feel like with the PS3 slowly dying and like you guys said, people who have Vita more, th- more than likely have the games they want, I think that would be a good idea for them because they wouldn't. who wouldn't love free movies? Love the show, guys. Josh Thompson from Pequa, Ohio and says, PS, love you a long time. Uh, now I think this is actually a super interesting thought about yeah. synergy between the com- the parts of the company, which Kaz Harai and company have been trying to uh, stress the last few years. Um, it is uh, to it is noted that PS3 and Vita's offerings have been worse and worse um, to me on PlayStation Plus, and you need to add some value. the The idea of free entertainment and the t- in addition to free games, I think, is super synergistic mm-hmm. and would actually be super That's a good smart. word you've been in san francisco a long time you, you launching an app yeah app, oh absolutely <laughs> uh so i don't know like i i feel like there's something to that it's a good idea would it be hard yes but i'm still convinced i'm still convinced and we don't know the details of it yet and i don't know if we ever will that sony got that spider-man exclusive playstation 4 game because of the relationship with the films division yes uh so i think that there's and i don't know that for sure but i just don't understand why i do not understand why that game's exclusive to the playstation i do not understand it. insomniac is not an exclusive uh developer they've made xbox mm-hmm. one games the game seems like it's going to be borrowing a lot from an xbox one game particularly sunset overdrive so yeah. um and what the studio learned from making that game so i think that there's something to it what you just said that would be a great idea don't think we have anything else to say about that i'm i'm all for in incentivizing the value of playstation plus already which i i I genuinely think is a great deal. You know, I think it's just they. I'm for the most part, like yeah, it's going to be hit or miss with stuff. You and I are very spoiled because we play everything. So when they give us free games, I'm kind of like, oh, this one again. Like when when they put out Gone Home, I was like, I played this three years ago on a PC in two hours. You know, because Greg sat me down, I was like, you right. have to play this. But 
uh, what was cool about that was how it kind of made event an event out of a game that no one had played in a very long time or some people had never played before. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would have played that game for the first time. So PlayStation Plus, uh, like it or not, I think it's a pretty good deal. I think it's cheap enough. That being said, throwing movies in there is a great idea. If it sweetens the deal, if it's in lieu of games, then fuck you. Yeah, sure. You know? That's a great point. Uh, yeah, because then you're going to get people at, mad. Yeah, because if, like, if you're just like, oh, you get the book of Eli, and you're like, give me a fucking Vita game. But the... Uh, one of the things I'm noticing, and you probably picked up on this too, on the PlayStation Store, they're doing a lot of stuff where there's a big icon for a logo you like, and it's connected to a movie and a game and everything else. They did it for Force Awakens, where they were like, pre-order it now. Like, a movie will be in theaters, and you can pre-order the digital version on your PS4, and they'll throw in like a free theme, or there'll be a tie-in with some game with Ghostbusters right now. You can pre-order the new movie, which is f- not even in fucking theaters yet, and uh, with it, there's a bundle where you get the new movie and the game that's coming out, and that's them finding syner- synergistic, yeah. a synergistic, synergistic energies, a synergistic energy, energetic <laughs> approach to uh, bringing their games and movie and you know film divisions together. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of ideas there, and there's a lot of potential there, but not in lieu of giving people games every month because that alone has been hard enough for them to do. Uh, we got this guy here. Uh, Oh, I guess I can get his name. He just says, uh, shout out from Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg. So he's in Manitoba, which I think is where Winnipeg is. He says, hey, guys, here's a a topic for thanks, Shuhei, um, which we're not going to do today. But I thought it was interesting. He said, Colin, you've mentioned this a few times, and I am proud to announce you can delete your trophies. I'm not sure when this feature was added, but now you can delete any of those unwanted or embarrassing trophies from the list. Just click options when looking at the trophies for the game on your PS4. Or you can also do it on the iOS app. Figured you guys would appreciate that. I don't know that this is true. Now, I, I, so, so here, so here are three things, and I wanted to bring this up, and I hope I'm wrong. That would be awesome because I delete a fucking bunch of my trophies. Yeah. Um, number one, on PS4, you can hit the options button on a trophy list if you have zero percent and delete it, and it goes away. That's true. But if you earn a trophy, that option goes away. Number two, uh, on Vita, you can go into Vita, and it might be on the iOS app as well. You can go into Vita and hide trophies hide entire lists of trophies so no one can see them but that does not affect your count or your level or any of that kind of stuff as well so it's not really a solution in other words if you go on exophase or psm profiles and look at your account those are still there like shame trophies yeah or just like i like if you have a bronze trophy in a game you tried and you just don't want it anymore you want to get rid of the whole list um so i don't think what you said is true for this very reason if someone breaks into your account they can delete all your trophies so like so that's why i just everyone's like well why can't you just delete your trophies and i'm like well that's obvious isn't it like you're, 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 you're someone someone's just gonna break into your account your fucking dickhead brother or your yeah. angry ex-girlfriend something they're gonna go in and delete all your trophies or let me gun that's say, why like, you can't delete them what, a, what so a, i don't think this is true no 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 but I'll, I'll look when i'm done here what a highly specific form of vandalism that would be oh my god you could ruin people's lives doing that, dude. you'd ruin my life if you did that uh so i wanted to throw that out there but i will look into yeah. it thanks for writing in caleb says hello colin and greg well this is altano says there was a recent episode of beyond that had a question that I would now like to ask you guys. If you could demake any game, what would it be? Personally, I'd love to see an 8-bit Mega Man style Uncharted game. So were you on this episode? I, I was. And one of the things I said was God of War based on mm. the sprite work of the Kratos sprite in Yacht Club Games sure. Shovel Knight, which they did exclusively. They did exclusive stuff for each of the platforms. Uh, Wii U got an exclusive co-op mode using an amiibo. Xbox One got Battletoads and PlayStation, as you know, got Kratos from God of War. Uh, and I was like, I would fucking love to play an entire game like this. So I, I, I feel bad answering the same question the same way twice, but maybe I'll think of another one. Um, to me, uh, seeing Horizon in a Dragon Quest slash Warrior 8-bit NES aesthetics like Dragon Warrior 1 through 4 would be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I think that would be neat. So I'm going to say that. That's what comes to mind first. 
I like this question from Dave Mack. This is a really interesting question. He says, hello, guys. Long time, first time. Being a big fan throughout the years, I've had I've heard numerous questions thrown your way pertaining to your favorite games. So here's an odd one for you. What are your favorite game cases? PlayStation, of course. Is it the original clear CD case with the double door variant for those games too big for one disc? The PS2 case, a DVD clone with a memory card clip inside? The slim PS3 case with its red greatest hits counterpart? Or the PS4 boldly blue and barren of any physical reading material? Thanks for the years of entertainment. That's an interesting answer, and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the Vita cases. I love those Vita cases. They're empty inside, and they're totally unnecessary, but they're so small and cute, and I love that blue blue color. That was actually... People always point to that beautiful blue color of the Vita. It actually started with with, uh, our PS4. It actually started with the Vita games, and they're trying to make a uniform... You know, look for the Vita and the PS4, so they made them for both. So I'm going to say that I have a love for the Jewel cases as well because they were of they remind me of the '90s, not only for games but for uh, for PS1 particularly, but also for music. Um, yeah, I love those. Uh, nice question though, Dave. I really like the PS4 cases, but they're so fucking flimsy. And there was that thing that happened a few years ago, and I know it was to save the Earth or whatever. But there was a they started putting that like recycle logo on the inside of them, which means like, oh, this is made from like you know vegetable oils right, or whatever right. the fuck. <laughs> and like you walk by it and it just explodes. Like they're so cheap, they're so flimsy. There's no fanfare inside them. Um, I do miss, I do miss the 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 jewel cases because that was just cool. Although they they cracked just as easily, but when they did, you could replace them. But the Vita cases, I'm with you on that. That was really cool, and I I liked just that little that little node where you just pop the game out, even if you didn't like. I I try to keep Vita was one of the first systems I went almost all digital on, just because changing games and that yeah. thing's actually kind of a pain in the yeah, ass. Yeah, it's total pain in the ass. Yeah, we'll call it what it is. It's a total pain in the yeah. ass. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with that one. I really like that a lot. Uh, Necro Chaos. Weird name. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> says hello, Greg and Colin Altano. When can we expect the support for PlayStation Three will be dropped? Seems like it's a life cycle is long past due and ready to be put to bed. Will the Neo slash PS4 Slim mark the end of the PS3? Uh, I think PS3 will be dropped not anytime soon. PS3 still thrives in emerging markets and in Japan. Yeah. Um, and I think you're going to see. So I remember talking to the guys at Sony San Diego who didn't stop making a PS2 version of the show, the MLB game, I think until 2012. So that's 12 years after the console launched because they were still, I think they said something like they sold the last year that the show was on PS2. They still sold 200 and 250,000 copies. That's fucking nuts. That's nuts. So will will they stop manufacturing them eventually? Sure. Will they will have this 12, 13 year cycle that PS2 had? No, we'll have the short. Obviously, it's already passed it, but PS1 only had a short Five-year life cycle by itself, maybe seven years. Final Fantasy Origins was the last game I bought on PS1. That was 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, the last PS2 game I got was Persona 4. That was in 2008. So I think you're going to see a similar thing there. They're going to continue to put games on it until um, until they're not making any more money on it. But as you see with the drop every week on this show, it is very rare for a game yeah. to come to PS2. And, and Sony rare. specifically has moved away. They're not really so putting too. anything on. There's no first party. I mean, there's barely any first party stuff on PS4 these no. days. But the last first party game that come to PS3 was oh, like Consequence was Gran Turismo Six. Wow. Um. So that was 2013, December 2013. Um. See, that's, I, that, that's that fucking history major shit you can do. You can just fucking Rain Man that. Just hone in on an exact. Oh, Rain Man is exactly what I do. I was always so bad at that at, at just remembering dates. So I'm I'm glad we have you around on the wall. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm good at. Um. <laughs> People have to remember that the PS2 support was a little different. Like, um, Persona is obviously a third-party game that came late uh, to PS2. And a lot of PS2 games, they come late. People have to remember that there was a marquee title on PS2 after PS3 came out in 2007, which was God of War 2. Right. Um, and there was some debate in Sony Santa Monica whether that game should come to PS3 or not. And they decided to make it for PS2. I think that was a smart move. Still sold very well. Because there was a lot of cross-platform stuff. We have to remember, you and I remember the NES to SNES days. SNES came out in 1991, but people were playing NES until the mid-90s. Mega Man 6 came out in 1994 on the NES. 
And that slim model, fifty forty nine ninety nine, our top loader NES, which is fucking amazing with right. the dog bone controller. I love the dog bone. What an amazing console that is because the NES uh, connectors were so bad in the in the gray, uh, the, the the one where you slid the cartridge in the classic NES console. It, it was what forty nine ninety nine or something. Yeah, forty nine ninety nine. It came out alongside like. Mega Man, like Yoshi's Cookie and Mega Man 5 or Mega Man 6, they were releasing games really, really late, yeah. even though the SNES was on the market and thriving for mm-hmm. about three years by the time they discontinued the console. So maybe more than that, maybe four years after they discontinued the console. Genesis did the same thing, releasing new iterations of Genesis. I found brand new Genesis games in the late 90s. I remember I remember finding Bloodlines brand new, yeah. um, which was fucking awesome. I should have bought all of them. I think um, it's amazing. You were telling a story earlier about, uh, and we kind of glossed over it real quick, about selling all your Super Nintendo games to get a PlayStation. Like huge do, mistake. Do you remember how often that was a, a commonality of just basically taking everything you owned and it was it was like betting. It was like taking all your mm-hmm. chips, pushing them out across the table, and then getting back uh, t- two mediocre launch games and a brand new console. Uh, did it all the time. It was the cost of doing business. I, I'm, for, I'm first of all, I'm glad I didn't do it with my NES games. The second thing is that I had to go back and buy a bunch of that shit. I wasn't. Yeah. I love the NES way more. I knew I was going to miss those games. So um, it was it was a choice that a 12 or 13 year old kid would make but i i encourage people that listen to this people are always like should i sell my games i'm like you can sell your games you're probably gonna get away with that never sell your hardware ever yeah. ever sell your hardware i never did that i have all my hardware yeah all i i can't tell you how many times i've gone back decades later and been like oh, i really wish i had this game and i'll and i'll go and find it it's actually one of the reasons i buy digital a lot even though i don't know how well all that's going to carry over into the next generation i think it will i really do think that playstation will be a platform for decades mm-hmm. and that you'll be playing the games you did download now on the future iterations i really hope so i really they hope can't so. get away with doing that again there's no way. There's just no way they can get away with doing that again. No. I think they barely got away with it with PlayStation Now, kind of isolating PS3 games yep. on the PS3. Yep. And I still am convinced that in a year or two, those games are going to start to migrate over. If I Microsoft so. if Microsoft can come up with a, a, an elegant solution, they they said Microsoft, I don't know if it's true, it could be marketing bullshit, but saying like it should not have been possible or was not possible, we made it possible. And I think that if that's true and they can do it, then certainly Sony can do it as well. I mean, that's how you incentivize PlayStation Plus even more. You grab a PlayStation Now game once a month, throw it on there. I mean, I don't know if that cannibalizes your PlayStation Now coverage, but... Who fucking cares? Yeah, they have to make a decision with that because I think that, yeah, obviously the games can't natively play on PS4 architecture, but just emulate the PS3 on the PS4. Right. Um, Rotool says, hey, guys, do you think that there will be a Vita price drop on the horizon? As a student with very little money, a price drop is just the nudge I need to buy the coveted Sony handheld. Do you think it is possible? I do think it is possible. Unfortunately, I do think it's going to happen when the, when it is discontinued. Mm-hmm. And you are starting to see rumors that is, that is maybe imminent. So, yeah. um but I don't believe it. Actually, I was looking at again a great NeoGaf thread um, called all the Vita. It's like all the Vita games that have been announced, and there are an ass nine amount of Vita games. It's still, still it's, coming. It's still ha- it's so still, I it's think still a thing. They're still selling. I talk yeah. to people at Sony. And they're like still selling. Like it's not you know like murdering by any stretch of imagination, but it's still doing its thing. Yep. There's also um I've been seeing a lot of refurbished Vita deals getting kicked around, not just by like shady Craigslist dudes, but like legit legit you know deal outlets like slick deals were posting it. Um. Keep an eye out for stuff like that. Like, there's no reason to spend full retail price for, a, you know, how many how many years old is is that thing now? Four? Oh, uh, 2011. Five. So yeah, about five five years, years old, four and a half years. Um, yeah, there's no reason to pay play uh, pay full retail or whatever the fuck full retail is for that right now. So yeah, just wait wait on it a little bit. But yeah, look for refurbished ones and jump on it. Your memory card's still gonna fuck you though. There's literally no way to get that cheap unless you rob somebody for it. My bold E3 prediction on one of them was that they were going to announce a PS4 Slim model. Yep. And then they were going to drop PS3 and Vita to both $99 each. But that did not obviously happen. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. That's just a fucking guess. Mm-hmm. And it could be a lie for all I know. Uh, Jesse gave us the final question. Said, hey, guys, been listening since about episode 90 over at Beyond and I've followed you both ever since. My question is, now that the whole E3 storm is over, I came away from the Sony conference happy yet wondering one thing. 
Where was Deep Down? Been waiting for this game for years, and I'm starting to get a little bit worried about the progress of the game at the moment. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Thanks for giving me something to listen to the last few years. So I want to just go, um, I'm just going to go to the Deep Down wiki. Here's what I can tell you about Deep Down that I know, is that it is a game I played in Japan, I think before PS4 even came out, um, or the year the PS4 came out. Um, so here's what it says on Wikipedia. Uh, for people that don't know, Deep Down is being developed by Capcom. Mm-hmm. It's a PlayStation 4 exclusive. It's supposed to be like a role-playing game, kind of like Dungeon Crawler. And people were excited about it. I played it. I felt I thought it was stiff as shit. And the only thing I remember about the game is that I was with some Japanese woman who could not tell me how to invert my controllers or how to play, so I was just running around like a moron. Demos she was, a, and she was totally laughing at me. Demos at Tokyo Game Show. Was, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty rough. Yeah. Also, like, no one gives a fuck about us at Tokyo Game Show because... It's for Japanese press and Japanese enthusiasts, yep. so like we don't get any preferential treatment, so they just do not care. Yep, yep, uh, yep. It's, it's good. It's actually it's it's uh, humbling. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, development. Yeah, it's like they don't give a fuck who yep. you are, or who you work for. Um, so here's what it says on Wikipedia about development. It says that the February 2013 PlayStation meeting, we were there at Manhattan, where Sony debuted the PlayStation 4, Capcom's Yoshinori Ono, best known for his work on the Street Fighter series, revealed Deep Down alongside their new Panta Ray game engine, designed specifically for the PlayStation 4. Deep Down was the working title, and Panta Ray was announced to replace MT Framework as Capcom's game engine of choice. The reveal trailer showed an armored warrior battling a medieval fire-breathing dragon. They chose to make a new brand for freedom to explore next-gen video game console architecture, and so as to avoid limitations from consumer expectations. The game did not have a presence at the E3 2013 Video Game Expo. During Tokyo Game Show 2013, Capcom producer Yoshinoro Ono announced that Deep Down was to be a free-to-play title. I think that's when I played it. The initial expected release date was to be in 2014 after a public beta coincided with the Japanese release of the PS4. In February 2014, the public beta was announced as being delayed to after the Japanese release of the PS4. In mid-2014, the public beta then scheduled for summer 2014 was announced as being delayed to 2015. In early 2015, Kazunori Sugiura stated in an interview with 4Gamer that the vision for the game has expanded since its initial 2013 reveal to better appeal in the long term to players, and so the development timescale has been extended. So what it sounds like to me is that the game is in development hell. Yes. Yeah, um, I think I think you nailed it. Um, there's a... Have you, is, is that a, a cultural thing, by the way? I feel like in Japan, it just it seems like they are given a little more freedom to just take their sweet ass time with the game, for better or worse. The Last Guardian should be indicative of that. Yes, a hundred percent. It could be. Yeah, I think there's more of a there is a culture of respect. What it's always the story that Jared tells about the window facing job or whatever. That I don't know the word for it in Japanese. Where like people don't really get. F- like I guess I'm sure people get fired and laid off in Japanese sure. studios, but typically like people companies take care of their people and like when they get old and useless and they want new people and they just give them a window facing like a window facing office and they just chill until yeah. they retire or whatever. Um, at least that's the anecdote I've been sharing. Yeah, with. yeah. No, I've I've read about that where it's you're not it's not necessarily downsizing or firing, but you're just kind of like relocated. You're moved around a little bit. Uh, so I yeah I think I feel like in America there's a lot more like we'll put the fucking game out so we can start making the sequel and we'll get the next one right. Um. Even in, in, in other territories, but in Japan, it's just like, take your time. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not so wild about a fucking free to play game coming to my console. Like in yeah, general, me neither. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't really care what it is. I'm not wild. Yeah, about it. I, like play. I'll gladly pay $60 for a, a full, just full experience that doesn't paywall me after 23 or 40 seconds of playing it, sure. you know, which is very common nowadays. There's no sort of defined law about when a game starts begging you for money, but it, it always happens when it comes to something. Oh yeah, so, absolutely, dude. Yeah, I'd I'd rather they get it right. But on the flip side, like yeah, that's that's a long fucking time. And yeah, throwing throwing more time and more developers at a game doesn't necessarily always fix it. So a lot of people think like, oh, hire like thirty people, bring them in there. Doesn't always work. Nope, absolutely not. My my theory is based on the timeline is that either the game has been restructured significantly behind the scenes or it is done. Yeah. Um, and by done I mean it's finished. Like they're not going to bring it out. 
But I don't know. I've not heard anything about it in a long time. I've heard some anecdotal shit, but I don't not 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 confident enough to share that information because I just don't know who the fuck knows what. Uh, we're going to skip PSI Love This Best Friend and PSN's Worst Name of the Week this week because we're running late. And also, I just don't have any good entries for them. Uh, this week's forgotten PlayStation game, though, comes from Daniel. So this is a segment, Altana, where we, we have people write in. We used to talk about them ourselves, but now we have people write in and tell us games that we might have forgotten about on any sure. PlayStation console that people can go back and play. And he says, I have a suggestion for this week's forgotten PlayStation game of the week. While back at IGN, Colin talks so highly of Shinji Mikami's Vanquish that he convinced me to buy what I believe to be one of the best shooters on the PS3. To this day, many of my friends who had a PS3 haven't even heard of this criminally underplayed game. Hashtag Colin was right. And that's from Daniel. So I agree. Vanquish should be the forgotten PlayStation game. Go play it. On PS3, you can also play it on Xbox 360. Yeah, that was a dope game. It's a fantastic I, it game. Just, I think it kind of just snuck out there and disappeared. It did. Someone told me this. I don't know who it was, so it's not an original idea from me, that that would have been a fucking dope G.I. Joe game. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yes, it would have. I love that. I, it yeah. would have sold a lot more and probably be remembered even better. But, yeah. Um, yeah, super cool game. I don't know if there's a way to play that on, on any current gen system. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe backwards compatibility on yeah, Xbox maybe One, but I don't now? think so. I don't know. We can look it up. Who the hell knows? I probably should have done some research. That's fine. Final segment before we go. Singing to Shuhei. Before we go for that, I want to thank Brian for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This oh. is an honor. I miss fucking working with you and doing cool shit. So I'm glad we're able to reconnect. Yeah, uh, man, the last sure. two weeks. I, I got to get you on, uh, on on a bunch of other shows next. We'll sure, see what we can sure. Do whenever get, you're free, stay in touch. I'm free always because Good. I do very little. Uh, now uh, people can find you at IGN, mm-hmm. obviously on Podcast Beyond and NBC. Yep. Do you do any other show? Oh, you do uh, up at noon. I do up at noon every Thursday at noon. I'm on Game Scoop every now Game and Scoop. then. Game Scoop, yeah, bunch of bunch of stuff. You okay, see, and see. then Comedy Button. Comedy Button is every very funny podcast. Very very much. funny podcast. We gotta get you back on that. So you I love still, that show. Your episode with us, the Action Park ones, one of one of people's favorites. Yeah, I was fucking dying. Yeah, during such that show. a good show. Uh, so that that's every Friday, um, in the afternoon ish, whenever Ryan feels like putting it up. Early for Patreon subscribers, if if you're on that. So. Cool. Yeah. So so we are on Patreon, and obviously the Comedy Button yep. is on at Patreon. So it's Patreon.com/slash Comedy Button or the Comedy Button. One of those. Okay. Okay, so just look up Comedy Button on Patreon if you want to support them there yep. and get the and a very similar system of getting things yeah. getting things early, right? You guys yep. give early access, 100%. so it's exactly the same. As we do we our do. bonus episodes every month too, so cool. all, all that fun. So stuff. literally, exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you will be able to digest that easily. Now we end with singing the Shuhei, which of course uh, comes from kindoffunny.com slash PSM. And remember, you can fu- send questions that we just read uh, by going to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. So go to kindoffunny.com slash PSM to submit your music if you'd like. Greg made me use this one, which I think is great because I wasn't going to go through all that music. Sure. Comes from Steve, who writes, Greg, it's been a while and I'm writing to ask for your help. It's a small favor that will have a huge impact and help me to raise some awareness of testicular cancer. After more than 14 months, totaling 150 nights in a hospital bed, I'm well. But many aren't. I'm launching a charity album. For che- what's what is this? Checkem lads, checkem lads. Ah, checkem lads. I see. Here's one of the tracks from the charity album. It's called "Not Sure" by Cowtown. The album is available now to pre-order from www.wrongpop.bandcamp.com. So wrongpop.bandcamp.com. And two tracks will be sent to whoever orders it now. Release date is July 31st, the first anniversary of me getting the all clear. All Congrats. profits will go to Checkem Lads, the testicular cancer charity that helped me with the, my fight against the disease, which is a great name, by the way. I, I really like the Checkem Lads. <clears throat> I am a very, I am very grateful for this. It will literally save lives. Forever grateful. Steve XOXO. So here is his song that he submitted, Not Sure by Cowtown. We appreciate you. Altano, thank you so much again for joining thank us. Thank you so much for having me. Greg will be back next week. So we'll have a more normal, maybe more normal, I don't know, <laughs> <not with Greg. laughs> episode of PSI. I love you, XOXO. We appreciate your support. We love you, and we'll see you later.